Let's bow our heads. Lord Jesus, we're grateful to Thee this morning for the opportunity to come in Thy presence in this time of fellowship and to sit here in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, Lord, we pray that You'll continue to be with us as we speak of Thee. May our hearts be full of joy as we look upon Thy Word and Thy promises to us. Bless our pastor, our associates, all the brethren and sisters that come here to meet with us and congregate here in this little spot that we have designated for a meeting place uh, for you. And we pray that you will bless us in everything that we do through the day. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Amen. Be seated. This is kind of just a small relief for me just a little bit. I had the services back here, interviews. I used to have interviews or either um, or, or to take and answer the questions. Pretty near everything come in this morning was visions. And I just kind of had to, told Billy, if Brother Neville wasn't too busy, I'd grab up this bunch of questions and run out here kind of relieve my mind a little. It's kind of gets me down. <laughs> kind of, them, them visions are, but the people was helped that's the main thing Amen. the main thing they were helped that's that's the good part and um, so uh, then I'm going to pick them up a little earlier this afternoon so I can get started this afternoon uh, uh, on my specials uh, the interviews now uh, we're glad this morning to see our friends and now this don't hold this against Billy so he's supposed to notify the people if I was going to continue to answer these questions. I thought it might give me maybe an hour here or something to answer questions. Um, some of my, I, I don't like to leave. I like to li- wipe my slate clear. See? And uh, these questions and so forth, I, I just like to say I, I, I got this done. I get too much in, on my mind, it makes me nervous. And I don't want to be nervous about anything. I, I'm going home to glory one of these days. <laughs> An old friend of mine said to me a couple of days ago, said, I'm getting so tired of living in a suitcase. I said, Brother dear, I want to ask you something. I want to tell you something. I'm homesick. I've been homesick for 20 years and I ain't got no home to go to. That's true. That's an awful thing to say. I could sit down and cry to go somewhere home. I ain't got no home to go. Everywhere I go, I can't stay there a few days. I'm ready to go somewhere else. I just, I've been that way. I, I was born that way. My wife calls me restless winds. I just, I just here and there. And that's an awful fix to be in. But I guess I had to be that way for my ministry. Well, many of you admire, uh, well, we admire doing anything for God, but don't you never, now we're just a bunch of home folks this morning. But I'm, I'm homesick. I want to go home and I don't know where to go. You say, why about going out in Arizona? Your family's there. I'm all right for two or three days. I got to go somewhere else. And I go there, and then I'm all right there two or three days, and I got to go somewhere else. So there just ain't no home to go to. And I'm homesick. Well, there is a home. I go to that one sometime, but... I've got to help you first, see? That's what I'm here for, is to help you. 
until that time comes, so I can't help you no more, then I, I won't go home. I want to go really home then. But there is a place somewhere that I'm going to like so well I won't want to come back. I leave Jeffersonville. I'm been gone a few weeks. I want to come back again. I go to Arizona. I think that's wonderful. I want to come back again. I go somewhere else. I want to come back again. I go here, go there, and I, then I think I want to come here and get here this year a few days and see you all. I want to go somewhere else. See, I got my children scattered out all over the world. And I, I them and I have begotten to Christ. And I, and I don't have no home. I don't get them all together one of these days. Amen. Father will. And then we'll, we'll have a home where we won't have to roam around no more, see. Get tired rambling. And no place to stay and I advise anybody never be a rolling stone. See? Unless it's some kind of a ministry that calls you that way. Because I, I just give anything this morning if I had a place here on earth that I could go and say, This is home. I'd, I'd, if I had it, I'd give a million dollars. If I had a place and I'd say, Boy, I just love this so well, I don't want to leave it no more. I'd, I'd give anything. But I, I can't find it. Uh, I'm something like Abraham. Well, I'm looking for a city. See, I can't find it, but I know it's there. But I certainly can't get adjusted to any certain place on this earth. It just don't look like fine people, fine places. You go here, it's too wet. Go out there, it's too dry. Go up here, it's too cold. Go down there, it's too hot. See, and you, there's no place. It just ain't home. Don't take up my time crying on your shoulder, but I'm. Well, we're thankful to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Be thankful for all things. I am thus because I am thus. God made me what I am. I can't be nothing but what He made me. Melancholy and those kind of things, they tell me I just have to be that way in order to be the help that He sent me here to be. And I want to be that type of person. If that's the way I'm supposed to be, that's what I want to be. Whatever is the kingdom of God's will or God's will, that's what I want to be. Now, let's pray again. Lord Jesus, these questions lay before us, your Father. I can't answer them, Lord. I'm insufficient for these questions. But I know that you are all sufficient because it's on the people's heart. Use me, Lord, to relieve their pressures. Won't you, Father? In the name of Jesus Christ, I ask it. Amen. Now, we're going to start... Oh, and I guess you're not taping this, so it's just it's all right, I suppose. Now, the one thing, that reason I worry about questions, always is one cute thing, a cute thing, rather, that always bothers me. That's answering the question on marriage and divorce. Oh, my, the phone calls, the letters, and one brother wrapped himself in a blanket and sat on my porch from 12 o'clock until daylight the next morning. <laughs> Ministers calling from everywhere, married two or three times. Ministries, I want to ask you one thing. I got several of them still in here. I know I haven't looked them through, but there's several of them still in here. Just remember this. To you people who are married and divorced and remarried, promise me one thing. You've put your confidence in me. I guess this is not taped. I don't... You... You, you, you believe me as your prophet sent from God, your servant. Then you take my word for this, will you? Go on living just like you are. Don't you try anything else like it, but 
Live just, go ahead, just live happy. You got, you're saved. If you're Christians, you go ahead and live for Christ. He had a reason to save you. Now, when I come back to the Lord willing, I'll explain that to you in the Bible. See? And don't get upset. Many men told me, said, well, I love my wife, but I'm, I just have to leave her. I, I don't want to miss the rapture. Don't you do that. Stay just as you are. You hear from me again, see, on this subject. Now, when I, I can't explain it in 10 or 15 minutes. It's going to take some time to explain it because it's got to be the Scripture. It's got to be, thus saith the Lord. But isn't it isn't right. I know these questions that Jesus said here, if a man puts away his wife and marries another, save the cause of fornication, commits adultery, whosoever marries her, put away, live it in adultery. These things, he had a reason to say that. He was God. That's his word. Now let's go back to the beginning and find out what it all means, you see. Then we bring it up. Until we do that, just go right on as you are now. It's like you always have been doing. If you're Christians, if you are a Christian couple and you're married and got children and things like that, some little ties that bind you, don't leave your wife or your husband now. Don't do that, see. Wait till you hear me again on the subject. Will you promise me that? Raise up your hand. Now you've confided in me to believe me. Uh, you, you believe me this far. I believe me just a little bit farther on the subject. Now, now let's see. I got some real good ones here this morning. So, do all who go in the bride have to live within the 1,500 miles of the tabernacle? I believe I had that again last Sunday. I just have to pick them up and use them as I can. 1,500 miles of the tabernacle as it sounds like on tape. Number two of the future home of the bride. I always thought that the bride would come out of all parts of the world at the time of the rapture. Am I wrong? No, my dear friend, you are not wrong. You're right. Now, if I said anything under uh, the tape that would lead you to believe... Uh, now. I haven't, these are all new to me. Now, I've never looked in, in these series. See, these are a new bunch that I got the other Sunday and put them back in this envelope and laid them back in there. Now, in this, no, the bride doesn't have to be in any certain place. Many of them will be in the dust of the earth. They'll be around the earth. They'll be frozen in the, the snow in the north and, and dust of the uh, tropical jungles and and all around the world. But when the trumpet of God shall sound, the dead in Christ shall arise, waken, and come out of the dust of the earth, no matter where they are. And now, Amen. in this, the resurrection will be a universal. See, everywhere, every creature on the ball of the earth, it's in Christ will come forth with Him when He comes. See, no matter where you are. Just think of the arena and the days of the early martyrs. That when those Christians were thrown into lions' den, and those lions killed the Christians and eat up their bodies, see, yet they were scattered. Their bodies was in the wastage of the lion across the face of the earth. No matter where it is, you can't see. You're made up of a substance that's unseen, made material, and God will will give that. Uh, that substance back. See, now like you take a, a cell. You break it down from a cell and it comes in then to a, a cell in a cell and, uh, and to an atom and a molecule and on down like that. And finally it ends up into the unseen. It goes from 
a natural sample. You put your hands onto gases from gases and the acids, uh, acids into gases and gases on back like that. Till it finally all winds up to one little thing, and that is spirit. And this spirit who has occupied these gases, it might not be the same gases, but the features of what you are will be exactly what they are again. See, the Spirit has control that. And now, in other words, when you become a young man or a young woman, and like God takes a picture of you, now no matter how old and wrinkled, how disfigured, whatever it will be, that wine right on down to you, and that body may be destroyed, disfigured, burnt, eat up by lines, whatever it is, but it was made up of gases, 16 elements of the earth. That was uh, calcium and potash and petroleum and cosmic light and so forth all goes together to make up the body. Now, no matter, that's the whole earth is filled with that. But now this picture is the main thing. Then in the resurrection, those gases and acids and things comes right back into the place and develops this picture again. Now, this picture was not taken when you were 16 or 18 or 20 years old at your best. When was it taken? Before there was a foundation of the world. It was put in God's great file. And then the only thing it did was featured itself here for you to make your choice. See? Then you become a servant of God. Him foreknowing it. Makes Him a redeemer as we've been through it. Then that picture is absolutely, this is the negative. Amen. The negative part of life is where you are living now. And anything, if there is a negative, there's got to be a positive Amen. before there can be a negative. Therefore, if this is a negative, there's got to be a positive somewhere. And this ain't the real thing. This is only a foreshadow of the real thing that is to come. Now you got it? So I don't care what they would do. They cannot destroy that profile, that picture in God's great gallery up there. It cannot destroy it. It's in heaven. You could burn it up, feed it to the lions. Uh, do it any way you want to. It'll come forth again just as sure as the two twos is four. Just as sure as God spoke it, it'll come forth. So no matter where you are, now, if I, I think if you'll play the tape, I don't know who wrote it, no name signed, just a little piece of paper with uh, blue ink. Wrote out of a little notebook. Look like it's been tore off from a, uh, a little notebook. But remember, on this, in, in this question now, in the tape, if you'll notice, I said this. Something on this might not be word by word now if you check this tape with the other one. I said, for instance, we are here this morning. This city that we long to see will be some 1,500 miles square. I said that would reach from Maine to Florida and from the eastern seaboard to 800 miles west of the Mississippi River. 1,500 miles square. I said, think of it. Right here this morning, there's people sitting right here that has actually come from that much distance, from 1,500 miles square, sitting in here. Now, I don't know where the temple will set on the earth, but I have an idea that the temple will set right about where Palestine is now. That will probably be the top of the mountain, right there. It'll reach out. Of course, you'll be no more sea then. See, this world's 25,000 miles around it. So 1,500 miles is not very much out of that. But this great city will set on this 1,500 square mile mountain. Now, the reason I believe that is because 
of the prophecies and things concerning Mount Zion in Jerusalem and those cities. And there's where Abraham the prophet was seeking for that city that was whose builder and maker was God. He looked for that city in that land. I believe it'll be where that land is. That land, you can hardly find it on the map. It's a little bitty dot. And look at the land that Russia and United States, South America, and all those places there. Why was God so zealous of that place? See, of that one place. That's the question. I can't prove it, but it just looks that way to me. But wherever it is, we're headed that way. So praise the Lord for that. Now, if you got the impression that I, that I said it would be um, in uh, around 1,500 miles of the tabernacle, that was a wrong impression, you see, because this tabernacle has, this is just a little place that's going to be destroyed and, and the world will be burnt up and this will all be done away with and this Indiana and United States and everything will just melt and this wax out under it and nothing but lava, see? All sin, all disease, all germs, all everything else will be destroyed. And I saw a new heavens and a new earth for the first time. Thank God with 6,000 years in building this world, putting it together, farming it. How did He do it? The Bible said He made it out of things which does not appear. That is, He created the earth. Now notice, this is beautiful. The very Creator that created the earth for a purpose, Satan defiled it, he come down to redeem what was left on here, and he has gone somewhere else and is in his business yet creating. Now, it takes him 6,000 years to make the, the earth, and he's going to take two days to create the city that goes on the earth. He's in my Father's house or many mansions. If it wasn't, I saw, I would have told you, I'll go to prepare a place for you. Build a city out of transparent gold, the streets out of gold. What a beautiful place. Where will he get it? Is there any materials on the other earth or the moons and stars and things? He don't have to have it. He's the creator. He's gone to build the city. Amen. That's good enough for me. Ain't you? That's good. For if he built this one and I enjoy this one, what's it going to be when he builds this new one? Oh, my, what a wonderful thing. And so I'm glad that we're bound for that city. All right. Brother Branham, I love the Lord, but for the past year I have been, I've been faced with a problem. Seems sometimes I've almost been out of my mind. What is it? Please pray for me uh, and my husband. Well, if there is no... If this person was on private interview, like you people have been in there this morning, it would pull that out what it is. Whatever it is, see? The Lord would reveal what it is. But now that I don't know who you are and you're not sitting here, it just said a sister in Christ. Now, now if it is if it's something that you have done that's wrong, it's bothered you, then check it with the Bible and see what you must do. But if you haven't done anything and you're not condemned of anything, it's perhaps your nerves. See, it could be many things that happen. Maybe some trouble back in your life. Maybe it's if a woman here might be in the menopause time. That's when everything is wrong with her and there's nothing wrong with her. Yet everything's wrong with her. And she's not just putting on. She really feels that. It's just as real. Any person that's nervous is that way. Don't never disagree. And you husbands to your wives, 
When they're in that time of life, if you ever, she ever was your sweetheart, you let her be right then. Because she needs you. She really needs your help. She needs somebody to help her and understand her. Talk to her. Take her up in your arms like, like, like she was your sweetheart. And she should be. And, and understand her because she's going through a time that her entire makeup is changing. And you must be good to her at that time. I think that's why Mr. Uh, Rockefeller made a fatal mistake. He was loved by the nation, would probably have been our next president. But when his wife took menopause and went in menopause and he left her and married his secretary, you see what happened? That shows you some real good thinking Americans yet. Now, I like Mr. Goldwater, I think, or, or Mr. Um, Rockefeller. Uh, he's a, I like Mr. Goldwater, too. I like everybody. But I, I didn't want to, some of you, some of my brother Republicans sitting out there hearing me say that. Now, notice, but uh, I'm not a politician. I, I want to be a Christian, see. And this is not a place for politics. And the whole thing's gone anyhow that way. But this that we're talking about is eternal. Democrat or Republican, oh, it's such a mess. It can never be redeemed. It's over. So don't argue about that. The thing to do is live for this kingdom. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. Amen. That's right. Yes, sir. So politics is one side of the fence, and I'm on the other. I said, I, I voted once. That's for Christ. I'm sure to win. That's right. See, you got a vote coming. See, God voted for you. The devil voted against you. Now, which way you cast your votes where you're coming out? So now... I believe this person is just, I'm going to think that it's just nervous. If there's nothing condemning you, go right on and just say, get away from me, Satan. Just move right on. Take the initiative and live for God. Now, is there ever any condition wherein it's uh, permissible to remarry after divorce according to, now see if this is the, I think there's two or three questions on this, according to the scriptures. Um, um, if I do not, uh, if I do not remain married in previous from previous times, it is there any group grounds for divorce that permits you even to remarry? I will be, uh, I will be, be you are the uh, buying the tape, yeah, to get this uh, answered. Uh, thank you very much. I'll look for it Sunday. Well, now, I have said this, you see. Don't, don't, uh, uh, let me just leave that alone, you see, until we get to a place where, uh, where we'll, this will all be straightened out. And uh, you just remember, that's God willing. As soon as I come back again, well, next time I come, the Lord willing, I'll pre preach on that subject. See? And now, and then we'll tape it anyhow. If it hurts, it hurts. If it clears up, it clears up. But you just be of a good courage, see? Dear Brother Branham, is it possible for one to have the baptism of the Holy Ghost and not to have the signs following? At, at least not until to some future time and conditions appointed by the Spirit. Now, that might sound like a mixed up question, but that's a good one. Amen. Very good. See? Now, here it gives me a little chance that I find that's working with my, my family here now. See, I mean you, my family, and the family out in the world where we, where our tapes go. Now, a great part of my congregation is made up of Pentecostal people, and uh, because 
Uh, our Pentecost is the latest message that we have uh, in the denominational ranks. And to me, I certainly agree with them more than any other denominational church. I hang towards the Pentecostal because it is a, the later message. And all my converts that I bring to Christ, I try to direct them to some Pentecostal church. But I have condemned them in every way that I know how that they were wrong in the Scripture. By being a denomination and not willing to walk in light when light's presented to them. But yet, if I had to take my choice today to take any church in the world, I'd take Pentecostal when it comes to denomination. But when it comes to individuals as men and women, there's genuine Christians in all them denominations. Methodists, Baptists, Presbyterians, Lutherans, and so forth. But I'm talking about the systems that these people are in, not never the individual, but the system that these people has been caught into in their denomination. They clearly understand that now, see, that uh, I think the people, if they're Roman Catholic, Jehovah Witness, Orthodox, Jew, whatever they are, that doesn't matter to me. But they are individuals to which Christ died to save. And now I, in agreeing with their systems that they're in, I believe it's just as many Christians out there in the Baptists as there is in the Methodists or the Presbyterians or whatever more. They're Christians, real believers. And right out in the Roman Catholic Church, there's genuine people in there that's real men and women that love the Lord. And they don't join that church to be wrong. They join that to be right. But it's a system in there that directs their mind the wrong way. And if ever comes to a time that I'd make a denomination, I have deceived you and have brought you into a system. Far be it from me, and may God keep me in my right mind to direct you to Jesus Christ, the Word. Amen. Stay with that. But now this person here is asking the question about the possibility of having the baptism of the Holy Ghost without signs following them. Now, it would, uh, if you are born again, you are, if you are born first as a human being and a normal human being, I'm answering this in, a, in a, a real juvenile way of doing it. But if you're born a normal human being, you will actually do the things that a normal human being would do. Is that right? When you're born as a human. The natural traits of a human being will follow you. You won't live in a tree and try to fly with your wings like a bird or, or, or something like that. That, isn't, that wouldn't be a normal human being. The normal actions of a human being. The normal action of a human being would be to work, have marry, have family, and do these things. That's natural, normal, normal human beings. Because you're born that. Then when you're born a Christian, born of the Spirit of God, you naturally take up the attributes of Christ. You see? Now, if we took care this morning and this congregation where you people sat here and listened day after day and so forth through the teaching, you'll find out you'd be different one from another because you're, you're different. You're, your makeup different. Your, your appetites are different. You, you eat different. But you all eat food. But now, just from one individual being just like the other, you're different one from another. Christians do the same thing. You can't uh, say, now, all do all speak with tongues, do all prophesy, do all. See, you have to watch these things because a Christian takes up the, the habits of a Christian. 
And they lived like a Christian. Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that believe. Notice, in my name they shall cast out devils. They shall take up serpents or drink deadly things. And they'll speak with new tongues. And, and them things is actually follow Christians. Now the person has a very good thing here. Or do we wait until the future time are the conditions appointed by the Holy Spirit. I like that. Amen. See? Amen. Now you get the idea? When it's appointed by the Holy Spirit. Amen. God appoints things. And there, I think if the Pentecostal people would try and listen to this tape, you'll understand me if you get here why I differ with you pressing that idea that they must all speak with tongues. Uh, I, I cannot see that right. Because to be, I like cherry pie. But there's no need, and I'm a human being. But there's no need of me trying to tell you, if you don't eat cherry pie, you're not a human being, see. But eating cherry pie is just one of the habits of a human being. See, you might disagree with me upon that, but, but it, it's true. Now, one will eat this and one will do something else. Now... The Holy Spirit appoints these offices. But when you try to force yourself into it, if I said you had to eat cherry pie, what if cherry pie made you vomit? And yet you'd vomit and try to eat cherry pie and vomit and dairy. See, you're, you're, you're hurting yourself. And that's the way you try to do when you try to force yourself to do something that's contrary to the Spirit. Amen. He's got your life lauded for a certain thing. Do you understand that? Amen. See? And you, when you're filled with the Spirit, here's one of the best signs I know. You're so in love with Christ and believe every word that He says to be the truth. Amen. That's the evidence that you have the Holy Spirit. And your life's full of joy. And, and oh my, everything's different see, than what it used to be. That's the Holy Spirit. Now these gifts are in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now if this congregation this morning, this, uh, this uh, nice snug church full of the overflow rooms, of course, is filled up. But in the, just uh, not announcing, we're going to answer these questions, but these people have just come in. Notice, if every person in here was in perfectly harmony with the Holy Spirit, every one of you was filled with the Holy Ghost. And in harmony with the Holy Ghost, these signs would just be multiplying among you all the time. Amen. See? Amen. We'd just be constantly going. But where there's confusion, Amen. where there's difference... And where we set up, the Holy Spirit can't move itself, you see. It can't operate through the people, see. And there, if I said, now, you, uh, each one of you, did you speak a tongue? Yeah, well, you got it. Did you speak a tongue? No, you haven't got it. Now, I'm making myself a judge. God is a judge of these things. But what Jesus said, these signs shall follow them. See, the groups that believe the whole nature of the Holy Spirit flows through them. And they all are full of love and joy and and just a great bundle of, 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 of real godly of filled people. See, that's the Holy Spirit. Amen. And then in there, they speak with tongues on the occasion that tongues arise. Why, are necessary for that? They speak with tongues. And if there's a prophecy, it speaks. And oh, it's just exactly perfect every time. Amen. Ask those 15 or 20 people that went in there on interview this morning. If there was one word anyway, minced in any way, in perfect strangers... What the Holy Spirit dig right down in there and get them things and bring them right out and tell it to them. See? See? There's not no mistakes in it. 
Tell them just exactly what this and what this was and what that is and what this is to be done and things like that and what they've done and what they should do. See, that's just set it right in order. Now, they've got to act on that. The other night, I was talking to a couple and uh, I was at a, a home where we was having a meeting or just a list sitting around a table talking. And all at once, the Holy Spirit dropped among us. And I said to someone there, I seen a certain man, and he was confused in his mind about some things. And I said, like in the confusion and the in the the discernment, I said, now it's right here now. I said, I know what you're thinking. And I went right back and just took a roundabout way and answered every question that man had in his mind to him. And he nobody knew even what I was talking about, but him. See, but he got it. Amen. He knew what it's all about. You see, and that was what to him. Showing him, confirming to him that the Holy Spirit was revealing to me what was on his mind. You see, and I didn't have to tell it to the rest of them. The man's listening at me right now. Now, that's right. Now, you see how that is? That's a confirmation. Now, if the whole church would work in harmony like that, then among us we'd be casting out devils, taking up serpents, drinking daily things, all kinds of things going on. But when you try to force that to individuals... Then you get yourself... That's Pentecostal again. Then you get babbling, confusion. You can't judge that. See, our hearts are full of joy and happiness. and Oh, my, the birds are singing. The, everything's wonderful. My, just full of the Spirit of God. And we're so in love with Jesus. We I want to pray all night. Now, I wouldn't embarrass this crowd or even myself to you. But I wonder if I could ask this morning, which one in this crowd of this people... That had the Holy Ghost, it'd probably be 95% of you. Raise your hands that you had the Holy Ghost. Then I'll turn around and give you a Bible evidence. Just one. A Bible evidence. And I doubt where there'd be one or two hands go up. See? See? Just, it's tight in such a place. But when you do that, see, you're also hurting your congregation. But you've got to get them out of that babyhood. And get them into manhood. Amen. See? Like someone wrote the question the other day. Up here said about said something about Brother Junior Jackson. Somebody went down there and they said, You're going down to the dead beans or something like that. Brother Jackson, because Brother Jackson's congregation, they let them speak with tongues just in the church where uh, ever they feel the spirit, they want to speak in tongues, they go ahead and do it. Well, that's Brother Jackson's church. That's perfectly all right. I've got nothing against that. Not a thing. Junior Jackson is one of my best friends and a real godly man. Filled with the Spirit of God. And we're brothers. Now, he don't have to eat my cherry pie and, or I don't have to eat his apple pie. See? But we're both eating pie. We both believe this message exactly. That's the order of the church. I said, I want my church to try to come together. I said, when we uh, begin to break out here, the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues and so forth. I said, somebody asked me. And said, now, Brother Bram, is all that genuine? I said, I'm no judge. I said, tell you what, let's bring it to a spot. Let it go a while and bring it to the spot until the word is presented on it. Then watch it. If it's the Holy Spirit, it copes right with the word. Amen. If it doesn't, it won't. Amen. That's just the only way you can tell it. Then it, it judges itself. You see, well, it'll fly up. If it isn't the Holy Spirit, it'll fly loose. You see, but if it is the Holy Spirit, it'll just meekly follow right in line because that's what it is. It's the Holy Spirit going right to its own order. Now, in this speaking in tongues and so forth, I wish every one of you spoke in tongues. I sure do. 
And many times, good Christians. You see, if I tell you that was on the program I found someone, not program, excuse me, on the interviews this morning. Person, I guess they're still here in the building. That they, about speaking with tongues. The person is a genuine person, a real person. And they've lived right, and they've heard me say that evidence the Holy Ghost wasn't speaking in tongues. And it isn't. But I advise that person to ask God to let them either speak in tongues or prophesy. Because it's the nature. The first thing, I went to that person and found their birthplace. And what sign that they were born under and could tell what their birth was. Which way it set them, their natural nature. Sets them in a certain line. Then when they're reborn again, they're over here in another nature. And then when you find into this nature, that's the inside in conscience. Inside conscience. The outside conscience moves you in one way. That's your natural birth. Then they'll make up something that puts them what? Under a four and puts them in a split condition. They don't know what to do. They'll say, the Lord wants me to do this. The inside, oh, I, I just know it's, it's, it lines up with the Scripture and they'll start to do it. And the first thing you know, Satan on this outside will show them all kinds of defects in it. And then they say, well, I guess, I, see? See, they listen to Satan. Amen. See, you've got to take that inside something. That what's on the inside of it is scriptural. Don't let Satan stand anywhere. It's, that's his duty to stand there and pound at you like that. But don't you listen to him. But that person, I told him, he said, well, now, if I could just be sure of having the Holy Ghost. See? A dandy person. Real loyal person with the Holy Ghost. But it would be good for her to say, Father, uh, just give me this for something to stand on. Now, if I taught it like that, people would reach out and get a hold of that without having what that person's got. See? The Holy Ghost does speak with tongues, but you've got to have the Holy Ghost first before it can speak with tongues. Now you get it? So if you reach out and get a hold of a gift of speaking in tongues without... Now remember, that can be a genuine gift. That could be the Holy Ghost speaking in you with unknown tongues and you'd be lost and go to hell. The Bible said so. You believe that? Would you like to have Scripture on it? You want Scripture? Raise your hand. Though I speak with tongues as men and angels. Is that right? Both the one that can be interpreted and that cannot be interpreted. Genuine Holy Ghost tongues. I am nothing. See, unless that other goes with it. You can have this. See, so don't reach after that without this. Get this first and then that will actually follow it. Now, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. The sun shines on the wicked and the good. The rain falls to ripen the crop. It ripens the weed also. The same rain. The Holy Spirit can fall on a group of people and speak in tongues and make it exactly true. It's falling amongst the people and make it uh, prophesy and be exactly true. That's exactly right. Sometimes you can go to an, a witch or a medium and they can tell you something that's exactly right. Look at the witch of Endor. To Saul. It can be exactly true. That still isn't it. They're witches. Amen. Speaking in tongues. I've seen devils speak in tongues and write in unknown tongues. That don't mean anything. But the real thing is that word again. Amen. Back to that word. Amen. So you can do these things without the word. But when you get the word and it does it, then watch it just exactly come to pass. Exactly Amen. the right thing. See? Then you're exactly in line. Yes. The Holy Spirit uses these people as it's appointed by His own divine wisdom. But the first thing... Now, what, let me just give you a little twister here in just a minute. 
I'd say, how many has the Holy Ghost? Uh, all of you raise up your hand. I'd say, all right, I'll see if you have. The Bible said that they that had the Holy Ghost sighed and cried day and night Amen. for the abominations done in the city. Now, how many hands will go up? Amen. How many of you can't rest at night? So full of joy, the power of God. Amen. And so sad for the people that's lost that day and night you weep and cry for the abominations oh, you want. <laughs> Who would be that in the city? How many is that in the church? That's what the Bible said the Holy Spirit evidence was. He told the sealing angels, Ezekiel 9, that's right. He said, take, go through the city and set a mark upon those who sigh and cry for the abominations did in the city. The rest of them, let the destroying angel destroy them. No matter how much members they was and how many things they'd done, said, put a, and a man with an acorn rider dressed in white, which will represent the Holy Spirit, came forth and put a mark upon all of them that sighed and cried for the abominations done in the city. Now, you say, and watch what he said in there also. Slay utterly little children, old women, babies. Kill them all. Little children, yes. When Joshua entered the land of Canaan, he said, don't you let one of them live. If it's a cute little baby, a little Amalekite or uh, Amorite, kill it. You remember, he'll grow up to be an Amalekite. He'll pollute the camp. And when those little things come back like, like disagreeing with the Word of God, get rid of that thing. I don't care what denomination it belongs to. You say, well, they're good. I don't care how good of people they are. If they're contrary to that Word, get the thing out of you. It's a growing little Amalekite. It looks cute. It looks innocent. It looks like it's all right, but don't you have anything to do with it. You stay away from it. Well, Brother Branham, I, I go down here because, well, I don't... You just remember... Any Amalekite, anything that denies the word, stay away from it. Have nothing to do with it at all. How many believe that's the truth? Sure it is, see? Stay away from it. The sigh and cry for the abominations that's did in the city. Where do you see that? I can show you 10,000 speaking in tongues to one that's really burdened for sin. That can't even pray an hour. But did you know the Bible said that Mark only those who sighed and cried for the abominations in the city? How many ever read it? Sure. Amen. That was the Holy Spirit come forth to mark the people and said to the destroying angel, go forth and destroy everything that doesn't have that mark upon them. And the mark of God is the Holy Ghost. It's the seal of God. Now, where is them people that's that interested? I can hear you people that jump up and down and cry in the church. I can show you people shout and run over the building. I can show you people that prophesy and it comes to pass. I can show you those who speak in tongues and run up and down the buildings and say things that actually interpret as comes to pass. But where is that person that sighs and cries for the abominations as did in the city? Where's that burdened soul? You can turn some new leaves on that. See what I mean? Now, I've tried my best to, to, to tell you people and lead you like a daddy would lead his children. You are my children. I have begotten you to Christ through this gospel that I preach. See? And I, I, I want you to raise up fully matured kids or, or children. And I want to present you to Christ that day, as Paul said, a chaste virgin. You're in the thing of that word, but watch your heart will punctuate amen to it. Sin don't hang. Of course you'll do things wrong. But when the very first thing condemns you, Father, forgive me. Amen. 
I'm going to say this. Just looked at a person a few minutes ago. He was asked me by a fine boy the other day. Was hunting squirrels. That morning I got five. I left one for that afternoon. You want to get six in the state of Kentucky? That's the limit. So this certain person said, "I got nine." Christian boy, fine kid. I said, "You done wrong. You did wrong." He said, well, "I said I had five that morning. Saved one for that afternoon." And when I got that one squirrel, looked at a tree and counted five or six sitting right there where I could look at him. Walked out and left him. I said, I walked up in a tree here not long ago and there's about 15 or 20 sitting there. I just took the limit and walked away and left the rest of them there. I said, if I come to this country preaching to you boys and you people here the thing that's right, I've got to live that example. Christianity ain't what you say, it's what you live. It's what you do. It's an example. You're the salt of the earth. I said, then the law says, Jesus said, you give Caesar them things that belong to Caesar. If you break that speed law out there, what are you doing? You're doing wrong. You sin. Give Caesar what's Caesar's. And God's what's God. Say, well, the law's wrong. I can't help what wrong it is. It's wrong to break Jesus' commandment. And if you don't give Caesar the things of Caesar's, then you did what Jesus told you not to do in a transgression of the law of sin. Isn't that right? We're all guilty. We do it, but when you see yourself wrong, stop it. Amen. Amen. People are watching you. People won't go to church, but they'll read you, see what you do. So get Christ in your heart. Amen. That's a real... Christ and the Holy Spirit's the same thing. Holy Spirit, Christ means the anointed one. And the Holy Spirit is that anointed. And you are the one that's anointed. And it's Christ in you anointing you. See what I mean? Then you've got the right thing. Then he can use you to anything he wants to use you in. Because you're in the body and subject to any of those gifts. But see, to have one of the gifts outside of the body, it would do you no good. Though I speak with tongue of men and angels, have not charity, it profit me nothing. Though I have faith and can understand all the mysteries of God, profit me nothing. Though I uh, give my body to be burnt as a sacrifice, give all my goods to the poor. Though I have faith to move a mountain, I am nothing. See? Don't depend on those things. The Holy Spirit is a being. It's God. God in you. The person God. That's lit your whole entire being. You're changed. You're a new creature. Any little thing that's wrong, He'll tell you that's wrong. Don't do it. Father, I didn't mean to do that. Forgive me. See? And that's that's the Holy Spirit. I don't care how much you spoke in tongues, how much you run, how much you jumped, how much you did this, that, or the other. Whatever you've done, it wouldn't mean a thing if the Holy Spirit wasn't in there to condemn you on the things that's right and wrong. Now, that's the reason this person here is right. Let the Holy Spirit do it. But now, you see, now, what's causing this, let me say it with love, sprinkle with love and, and anointed with the Word. <laughs> if the genuine Holy Spirit was in you, you wouldn't question that. You know it yourself. It's an individual thing between you and God. You know that something's happened. You know that there's a change. Whether there's any anything else, you yourself, you're the change. You're the one that's done the change in the inside of you. And you know you have it. Whether you spoke a tongue, whether you jump shot or anything else, you know that God lives in you. That you don't walk with your own mind. It's the mind of Christ that leads you with that word. Just exactly the way it goes. Now, 
I would. If people say, well, then, Brother Bram, you don't believe you ought to speak with tongues? See, then you get exactly backwards what I've just said. Sure, I believe you should speak with tongues. And some of you people, see, but you get these, and I get these like back here, there's 1,500 miles, you see, being here at the tabernacle. Just, if you don't understand it, then ask me. See, write it back to me if you don't understand. Just say what I say here, see. And I knew, as Paul said, you follow me as I follow Christ, you see. Then you see I'm wrong and get away from me, see. That's all, because I'd, I'd be the wrong person, see. Please explain. People are saying, Brother Branham is more than a man. He can create. And Jesus can look just like Brother Branham. Now, let me, a person said this, whoever it might be. I don't know. But I am your brother. See, Jesus is your Savior. I cannot be your Savior, for He has already saved you. Now, you're so close to being the truth there. And yet so far from the truth, the person that told this person this. Now, it's just a, looks to me like a woman's handwriting. Very beautiful handwriting. And I'd say that was a woman's handwriting, wouldn't you? Brother Katz, what do you think that's a woman's hand? Pretty hand, right? And I don't know who it is, see? Now, Brother Branham, uh, could Jesus look like you or you be Jesus or something like that? One sense of the word, that's exactly the truth. Another sense of the word is an antichrist. That's the difference between right and wrong. Amen. To make me the person of the Lord Jesus Christ would be an antichrist. Amen. See? For that person of the Lord Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the majesty on high and will come again in great power and glory. But for his life that was in him being upon me and upon you who have him, it's exactly the truth. And you become Christ. Remember my message on Messiahs? See, you are the word Messiah means the anointed one. Now, you are, if you have the Holy Spirit, you become the anointed one. See? Then there's all kinds of anointed ones. Now, watch if it's a Bible anointed ones. Many of them are anointed. See, the whole thing isn't such a great conglomeration of every kind of a mix-up and, a, and a, a Satan with all of his cunningness come in and impersonate it just to the dot, almost to the dot. There's only one way you can absolutely be sure. Check word by word, word by word. That's the only way you can. But to me, as a, a person, William Branham or, or any other man or woman, to be the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, that is an error. But to be anointed with His Spirit, which brings His own person of His life into you, it was so beautifully typed in Elijah and Elisha. Amen. When Elisha was taken up, Elijah, the old prophet, going home, and he's tired and weary, and there's a chariot hooked across the river there, and he, uh, to take him up home with horses of fire. And um, did you notice then, when Elijah and Elisha crossed the river, the school of the prophets is up there watching them, and Elijah took his mantle and uh, struck the river, and when it did, it uh, divided, and he went across. And he said to the young prophet, uh, what, what do you follow me for? What, what do you wish? He said, that a double potion of your spirit come upon me. A double potion of that mighty prophet come upon me? He said, you've asked a hard thing, but if you see me, 
when I go away, then it'll come up on you. So you can imagine how he watched the prophet. Now, in that day, that prophet was the Word. For he was the manifestation of the Word to the Word. See? And he knew there had to be a greater ministry come because it required a greater thing. And when Jesus is here on earth, he was the Elijah. These things that I do shall you do also. Greater than these things shall you do because I go unto my Father. Now, how are you going to do it? Watch him. Who is he? The Word. See? Watch him. Now, when it comes to creation of things, it's true. Jesus never right straight out created anything. He brought it into existence. He took a substance first. He took water, made wine. He took bread and made more bread. He took fish and made more fish. But he promised that greater things than this would be done. See? You see, now, why? It's in a more evil day than it was when he was here. See? It's still him, but using your tabernacle. See? And this person that's in you, which is your birth, you are John Doe. You were born in a certain month, and you were born under a certain star. You were born under a certain thing, and that has something to do with you. Certainly does. I know I used to, Papa, you say, I can't plant them potatoes at this time because the moon isn't right. You can't plant them potatoes, Billy. And I said, I'm not planting them in the moon. I'm planting them here in the ground. He said, all right, smart Lake, go on. You get a few bumps on your head, you'll learn something. I did. I did. I tell you, take a board and lay it down out there on the grass in the dark of the moon and watch what happens. That grass will die right now. Lay it on the light of the moon. You lay, lay there a week and won't hurry it a bit. Watch that sea when that moon changes yonder. When the tide, when the moon goes out, the tide follows it out. And it's millions of miles from the earth. Not only that, go down here in the state of Kentucky and sink a rod down the ground till you get into the salt water and watch that pipe, how deep it is when the, when the tide's in and watch how it goes out, plumb across under the earth. Certainly. You plant something that spreads out on top of the earth in the dark moon, watch it go right down, make a like a reddish a turnip wheel. You plant it back the other way and watch it spread out on top of the earth. Sure, it's got something to do. Why did Aaron have on his breastplate the birth stone of each one of those patriarchs? Look at those mothers when they give the utterance. When that mothers and the Hebrew women in labor giving utterance to those children being born, it placed their name, it told their birth, it put them in the homeland and set them over to eternity. One of these days when I come in and stay a little time, I'll take that subject. Exactly. And then watch Jacob when he was dying there, when he laid his hands upon the patriarchs and blessed them. He told them exactly where they would be. And that's exactly according to their name. And exactly according to their birth. And sure, it has something to do with you. Now that's your birth path. That's what you are, a natural man or natural woman. But when you're reborn again, that's not the outside conscience. The outside is what you see, taste, feel, smell, and hear. But the inside of that is what you really are. Now this out here, Satan's temptation knocks you around everywhere here. But down here, he can't do it unless you let him do it. For in here, you've got faith. And faith don't come from the outer conscience. It's reasons. But in faith, there's no reason. You've got it from God and you know it's there. I don't care how much it looks wrong. You still know it's right. It's thus saith the Lord. There's nothing going to bother that. Nothing can bother that. It's moving right straight on. Difficult means nothing to it. Wade right on through it. For it's a word. 
And the word's a sword, and a word cuts, the sword cuts itself free from everything else. You see? It takes a hand of faith to hold that word. That faith's got to be, now see when that inside conscience, here's the inside, here's the outside. It's revealed in here, truth is. Out here it's reason. Now don't it look reasonable if we just say, we just all go over and join the assemblies. Now I like the assemblies of God. I like the oneness. I like all those churches. Well, we just all go and affiliate with them. Maybe do some good. That's the reason, the outside. But down on the inside, watch it. When you see out here, this will, this will disagree. They, look at the assemblies. Many things that they do that I don't believe it's uh, a scriptural. And can prove it to them it's not scriptural. But there's so many minds packed up in it. These thousands of those assembly brothers and sisters who believe this, the word and don't believe what the assemblies teach to be right. But they're in the web. The Baptists, the Presbyterian, the Oneness, and all the rest of them, they're in that web where a group of men gets together and they reason it. And there's so much a prestige about a man. Here's a bishop sitting here, general overseer. He says anything. What's the little fellow going to say? He's afraid to say anything. I agree with you. Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. Yes, uh, Bishop or, or Presbyter, you're, that's exactly right. He agrees with him. Here, let's take an alcoholic out here on the street. That ordinary citizen pass down the street and say, Old bum, nothing to him. Take him down here and put him on the police force and put a badge on him and a gun on him. Good morning, John. It's so nice to see you again. See? Respect to one another. Jesus said, how can you have faith? Hmm? When you have respects that type, you know, uh, uh, solicitous respects one. I don't remember just how the word goes there. But when your desire respects one from another. See? You can't do that. And when man gets together in an organization, they sit down and the little man's afraid to say anything because the bishop said so. The presbyter said so. But don't disregard the man. Believe him to be a good man. But always remember God's word is right and all others contrary is wrong. Amen. Let my word be true and every man's word be a lie. Amen. See it? That's what we want to do is believe that. Now remember, we are not the word, but we are the word. Amen. <laughs> Now you got it? Jesus was not God, but He was God. He was a man, yet He was God. He could cry, and yet He could raise the dead. He could cry for a man being dead and raise him back up again. (laughs) He was Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Manassas. He was Jehovah all completely. He was Jehovah, and yet He was a man. He owned the earth and made the earth and had not a place to lay His head. He said, the birds that I made has got nests and I haven't got a place to lay my head. The foxes that I created has holes in the ground. I haven't got one myself even to be buried in. That's right. He had to borrow somebody's grave to be buried in. He created every womb that was in a woman. He had no womb to be born in. He had to borrow a womb. He created the earth and had not a place to be buried in. He had to borrow a hole in the ground to be buried in. Joseph, I'm with you. See, he had... They had to, had to borrow a place. Yet he was God. Proved it. He was God. Now you understand? We are not, we are Messiahs, but not that Jesus. He is our Father. We're just anointed with His Spirit, and that's the reason His life, and that gets people. See, if you don't sit and think it through, it gets people to believe, well, this guy would be the Messiah. Sure, He is. This one over here could be. They both are. See? Well, how can it be two of them? There's thousands of them. See? 
But you see, his life is separated on the day of Pentecost when that pillar of fire came down. It's separated like tongues and set upon each of them. God dividing himself among his people. Because the church in Christ is one, this is a husband and wife is one. Brother Branham, how am I supposed to show my wife that I really care for her and yet uh, play uh, stay with the word uh, stay, uh, stay with the word but still having a question like this said why don't you practice what you preach or believe well then if the wife if the wife is saying this to you when she has a right to say it you better get right Amen. Okay. then if she is, if she is saying it just to be evil Remember, the Bible said it was better that a millstone was hanged at your neck and drowned in the depths of the sea than even to offend the least of these, my little ones. Now, that's just great. It may be that this wife is not that type of person. Maybe she's a different person. Maybe she's a good person. Maybe she's just testing you to see what she'll do. Now, stay in love with her. And let her see Jesus in you. You do that, see. You just go on. Some, I give a little illustration this morning about a person. One time, this little woman had received the Holy Ghost. She was a very sweet little person. They, she said, well, she had a hard life. and Her husband was an alcoholic. And so um, she just kept on. She bore with him. He, you want to go to church, honey? Take off. But I went out to saloon down at the old Brown Derby down here. Going on. So they... Hung out down there all the time. It used to be Bonifers. Many of you old timers here remember Bonifer had their own corner. It's called Brown Derby now, I believe it is. So hanging around down there, and the first thing you know, one night come up question about church, about Christians. One of the old drunks sitting there said, There ain't no such a thing as Christians anymore. There is no such a thing. So all this bunch of hypocrites said, See my ear smoking, drinking, doing the same thing that we do. <laughs> and um, said, call themselves Christians. There is no such. This one drunk raised up and said, just a minute. There's one that I know about. said, who is it? said, it's my wife. See, she becomes salty. He's catching it all the time. He said, I bet she's put to the squeeze. He said, no, she's still a Christian. I'll prove it to you. said, I'll tell you what let's do. Let's go up home. I'm not sure whether she's Christian or not. So let's go up home and now let's really be drunk. We're going to act like we're really drunk. Knocked at the door, come in, staggered over everything, and, and why the chair sat around this way and everything? And she set him all a chair and his guests, you know, and tried to make him just as welcome as could be. He said, I want you to fix us some supper. And so they, she went out and fixed it and said, We want ham and eggs. He knew they had it, so they fixed the ham and eggs. When he got to that table, he looked at him like that, picked up his plate and slammed the stuff on the floor said, You know, I don't like my eggs like that. Come on, boys. Let's get out of here anyhow. Like that. Like that. They went out and sat down like that. And when she came out, she said, Dear, I'm, I'm sorry I didn't get them fixed. I'll fix them over for her. Oh, nonsense. You know they didn't want them that way in the first place. Just carrying on like that. They went out there, sat down, act like he was drunk. They heard her in there kind of snubbing to herself, singing real low voice, Must Jesus bear the cross alone? All the world will free. There's a cross for everyone, and there's a cross for me. This consecrated cross I'll bear till death shall set me free. One drunk looked at the other and said, She's a Christian. She's got it. And that little woman led her husband plus these others to Christ that night. Why? 
Gus be real sweet. Just remember, he knows all about it. So sister or brother, whoever it might be, or brother it is here because he asked about his wife, you just be salty. She'll get thirsty. If there's anything in her to thirst for. If it isn't, remember, if you got the wrong person, you'll get the right one in the millennium. You just keep on going. All wrongs will be made right there. Brother Branham, do you teach that the bride must not attend any church unless you are there preaching or else the tabernacle? Other words, the tabernacle. Got else. It means other words. Also, do you teach that we need not keep the, the Sunday or holidays as working, fishing, or so forth? Or I'd say it's Sunday. It looked like Sunday to me. Or, right at the bottom, like, or Sunday, I guess it is. Holidays or Sunday. Yeah, Sunday, is that what it looked like? Um, holy days. Holy days. Sunday and holy days. No, you're mistaken. See, let me go over and just answer this to come by. Do you teach that the bride must not attend any other church unless you are preaching? Uh, preaching. Or else otherwise the tabernacle. No, I don't teach that. I don't believe that. I do not believe it. We've got ministers sitting here that scattered all around through the country. And I believe they are part of that bride. I believe that a man or woman can go to church anywhere they want to go that teaches the Word. And I believe if they don't teach the whole Word and you can't go to church uh, any other place where they teach the whole Word, go where they teach half the Word until you can get to where they teach the whole Word. Go to church, whatever you do. Do that. Also, do you teach that we must, we must need not keep Sunday or any holy day or, or working or like working or fishing on Sunday? I believe it's a sin to fish and hunt and work on Sunday when you can go to church. I believe you're transgressing the laws of God. Is there a commandment to such? Yes, sir. Now, in the Old Testament, we had a type of the Sabbath day. It was, and Jesus did not come for you to keep Sabbath days. The old Sabbath day was Saturday, which was the end of the week. Sunday is the eighth day or the first day of the week, which Jesus rolls on. I do not believe it's right to, now, if you're way away into a wilderness somewhere and you're out there on a hunting trip, there's no church around or anything like that. And there's nothing you can do if you're fishing. I believe that would be all right. But if you're around in the city, around where church is going on, you should tend church by all means somewhere. And I believe as far as working, I believe if the ox is in the ditch, if something has to be done on Sunday, you go ahead and do it. If it's something that you couldn't help, it had to work that way. But if you just do it and wait till Sunday to do it or just do it like that, you're wrong. See, We must not do that. We must respect that holy day. And now remember, go to church somewhere. Some place. If I, I could call a certain denomination of church, but I wouldn't do it. Because this church, the only thing I know that they teach that I believe is they say they believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Well, I do that. All their other teaching is they believe in uh, remission of sins is by water. Now, it isn't at oneness. They do the same thing, but I'm talking about them. They believe it at uh, regeneration by water and so forth. And I don't believe that. And uh, they, oh, they believe that anything's got divine healing in it is of a devil. And they believe in all, they're the only, they're the only thing that there is. And the only thing you have to do is to put your name on that book. And if you ain't got it there, you're lost. Now, I don't believe that. But if there was no other church to go to, I wouldn't go there critical. I go there with the intention of my presence and me sitting by somebody that the Christ that was in my heart might influence somebody there. 
Go among them, but don't be partakers of their unbelief. Brother Branham, I want to receive the Holy Ghost. I want to know what to do. I am a burden for my family to be saved. And a sister signed her name. If you want to receive the Holy Ghost, let me tell you something, my dear sister, if you're here. And, um, and uh, I, Brother Neville, is that a member of the church here? At the bottom. Bottom. I don't know. I don't, I don't remember them either. But if, if you're here, Sister B-O-U-G-H, if you're here, let me tell you, the Bible said, Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness sake. You're so blessed to even want it. See? Now remember, not that you, you, you've got it, but blessed are they that hunger and thirst for it. <laughs> for they shall be filled. Stay right with it. What must I do for my family? Use the same faith that you're using for yourself for your family. Commit them to the Lord and believe with all your heart that you're going to be saved. Let, don't let this come on your natural thinking. You're let drop way down on the inside that subconscious. Then they're yours. God's given them to you when you got it down here. Whatever you have in your heart here and ask for it. When you pray, believe that you receive what you ask for. Now, you can't doubt it no more. You can't believe it and doubt it at the same time. How many knows that? You can't believe and doubt at the same time. You've got to believe that what you ask for, you receive it. Then he said it would be given to you. So you just believe for your family and they'll get it. Brother Branham, what about our son since, since um, are not on the, not preaching on the trumpets? Remember the promise you gave me over the phone concerning him and the seven trumpets. I don't remember it. I don't remember what it was, but whatever it is, you let Billy Paul know what it is, whatever I promise, that I'll do. I don't remember, you know, sometimes I get maybe a nighttime answer, 30, 40 calls in one time, you see, so I don't remember night after night, sometimes when I'm around, so I don't uh, get uh, whatever it is. What about my Catholic sister and brother? Thank you. Well, this person's from way out of town, way away. Texas, I um. Well, sister, if you uh, if you're from Texas and you get this tape, or if there is a tape, I guess there won't be no tape on it. But if there is, uh, are they making a tape? You're making it. Uh, uh, all right. If the tape, then I'll tell you what. If you on this tape, when you find this, remember what about or something about the seven trumpets. I don't remember about that unless I promised to see him or something doing the seven trumpets. If I did, I'll see him. Because I didn't preach the seven trumpets. I preached the feast of the trumpets. You understood about that. And what about my Catholic sister and brother? Thank you. i tell you, Mrs. C-O-R-N-I-L-S-E-N. If the lady shares, see Billy Paul this morning. And, uh, and if not, well, I'll, uh, I, I, I don't understand what it is. You see, it's just a question I... I can't make it out, see what it is, because I promised something about her boy and the trumpets and about a Catholic sister, and I, I don't, it's not in my mind not to remember. Just see Billy. Uh, uh, this must, that's just a prayer request. Gives a person's name and said, headaches and scientists. So that was just, just pray for them, I guess. All right, please explain marriage and divorce. I've already got this. This is uh, seven questions, eight questions on one piece of paper. Uh, please explain marriage and divorce. I did. Uh, Moses and um, 
and Elijah on earth now? Are uh, Moses and Elijah on earth now? Are they in America? No. See? No, they're not here. They won't be until the church is taken away. Then Moses and Elijah. How many understands that? And, uh, all right. and um, let's see. They don't have any name signed to this. So, all right. If ever who asks these questions, I believe it's seven of them. I gave Mark seven. All right. Explain the difference between the name of Jesus and the name of Jesus. Wait a minute. Explain the difference between the name Jesus and the name of Jesus. Well, they both be the same if they're applied the same way, see? Applied to the same person. The name Jesus and the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus and the name name Jesus is who he is. The name of Jesus is speaking of the person. So it'd be the same. I think that, does that sound sensible? See? The name Jesus is the person itself. And the name of Jesus is you referring to that person. See? Say, my name is William. That's me. All right? Now you say, um, speak the name of William, then you're referring to me. That's my name. Thing. Now, has the name of the Lord changed in the different dispensations? Yes. Yes. It was once called, he was called uh, the I Am. He's called Jehovah. And he's changed many times. The last time it was changed is when God became flesh and took a human name. Jehovah, I Am, and all those are titles to a name. See? If you just baptize the name of Jehovah, it have to be the name of Jesus Christ. If you just baptize the name of Jehovah Raphael, uh, Jehovah Manassas, and Jehovah Jireh, all those, it had to be Jesus Christ. The I am is Jesus Christ. Remember standing there that day and he said, you say you eat man in the wilderness? Our fathers eat man and are dead. He said, and they said, well, we know now you're crazy because you're just a man not over 50 years old. And say you've seen Abraham. He said, before Abraham was, I am. See, he was the I am and all the titles and names that ever belonged to God was made one human name, the Lord Jesus Christ. All right. Now, if time ceases when the seals were open, then if time, if time ceased, pardon me, when the seals were open, then the millennium is also, then the millennium is also finished, is it not? No. No, time didn't cease when the seals were open. Misunderstood it. What happened? The mysteries was revealed, not time ceased. See, just watch real close now, and we'll play your tape if you got it from a tape. See, time never ceased until the. Uh, this must be a postmillennialist or something. It asks the question because see, we got a thousand years after the church has gone home and comes back upon the earth. Then time ceases in the new heavens and new earth. Now, the millennium is not the new heavens and new earth. There will still be sin after the millennium. The millennium is a type of Noah going in the ark and carried over and brought Ham and them on the other side. And sin even come out of the ark. See? But Enoch, the translated one, was a type of the bride that went up, not the one that was carried over. So sin will still be on the other side of the millennium, but not during the millennium. See, during millennium is peace. See, but sin will be dealt with the other side of millennium and then time fades out. And now the opening of the seven seals that was given by the Holy Spirit, the seven seals only was to make known what had been left off in the dispensations behind us. Now, as some great theologian tried to corner me on that, he said, Brother Branham, you... God someday will give you the secret of those seven seals. Those seven seals will be something that we've never learned yet. 
that it'll be something that's not even in the Bible. No. No, it won't be that. Because if you do, that would make it... A, if I told you that, I'd be a false prophet. Because, you see, this Word, there, everything that's... It's the whole revelation of Jesus Christ is all completed in this Word. See? And if the seven seals pertain to the seven churches... It had to be already passed because we're in the Laodicea church age. And the seven seals was only revealing what they had left off back there. And it opened up what they had left. What Luther left, what Wesley left, and all the reformers and Pentecostals, and down to the present time. Now the next thing left is the translation of the church, the return of Moses and Elijah, the millennial marine upon the earth with the bride and groom for a thousand years, and then the judgment bar. And then a total annihilation of sin. It'll never be no more at that time. Now, not the cease of seals, never ended time. Time or seasons until after the millennium. No, it'll still be time until after the millennium. Does the millennium have to do with the 1,000 years? Could it not be a generation? No. A generation, a lot in the Bible, is 40 years. But the Bible said, and they lived and reigned with Christ 1,000 years. It will be 1,000 years upon the earth. Because 1,000 years upon the earth is only counted a time for parable-like to God as one day. 1,000 years upon the earth is only one day with God as God counting time. How many understands that now? So it's that Sabbath day when the church will no more labor against sin and Satan is bound for a little season, a thousand years, because his subjects is all in hell and his, the church that's on earth is redeemed and right in the presence of Christ. Amen. So he has nothing he can work on. So it's not a chain, as I said, a log chain. It's a chain of circumstance. He has nothing he can do. He's helpless and hopeless. Just waiting for the resurrection of the subjects. Then they're separated as the sheep from the goats. Uh, did not the queen of Sheba come to Solomon to test him, test him to find out for herself if the, if the name of the Lord was truly Solomon or not? I believe I get that just way. Did not the queen of Sheba come to Solomon to test him to find out for herself if the name of the Lord was truly Solomon or not? Uh, I don't, maybe I don't understand this one. Uh, just excuse me just a minute. Let me read it again. Did not the queen of Sheba come to Solomon to test him to find out for herself if the name of the Lord was truly Solomon or not? No. She never tested to find out if, if God's name was Solomon. Solomon was a king. She come and she said, she, she said, truly God is with his king and with his people. See, she come and was tested. She tested Solomon about his gift because she had things in her heart that Solomon revealed to her that showed that he was God's king. Upon earth. Remember down in, I believe down in, in, uh, in uh, where she come from? Down in the land of, uh, uh, of Sheba, where she came from. The people had come through, you know, and, 
and tell about great things that's going on. If they had a God up there that was anointed their king and the, how the king was uh, anointed of God, I don't believe she thought that Solomon's name or God's name was Solomon because if she did, that would make her a pagan again, see? So she, she could have did that. In her heart, she could have thought that God was Solomon and Solomon was God because she was a heathen to begin with. But when Solomon revealed to her the secret in her heart by a gift of discernment, which is called then wisdom, he discerned that she knew that God was with Solomon. Because then they had, she found out, if she come with that in her mind, if the, if the person here, the questioner, is um, asking, did she know then that truly Solomon, the name of the Lord was truly Solomon? See, Solomon was not the Lord. She had found that out by the people because they worshipped Jehovah and there was the great ark uh, and the great um, uh, uh, testament, uh, uh, the ark that the Lord's commandments is in. And they had told her about on Mount Sinai and the different places where they'd been. And then she could see that God, that God of that testament was in this man because he had, he had discernment which only belonged to God. See, so she knew that, that God was in Solomon, but now, it might read that way if the questioner asked that. But did she know that the name of the Lord was truly Solomon? Maybe they didn't write it just the way they're thinking, you see. So I think maybe they say, say this, that the Lord was in Solomon. Yes, sure did. Because if that's the question, sure. She knew God because she made that remark. And she wouldn't worship no other God. And I believe she, she said she'd always she seen. Well, she had no breath left in her. She had no questions left in her. Solomon just revealed the whole thing and she knew God was with him. We, uh, we were married 21 years ago by the justice of the peace. Was, was it wrong? Yes. It was wrong for you to do that. Marriage belongs in the house of God. But being that you are married, here's when you're really married. You're married when you vow one to the other. When you promise one another that, you're, that you'll take one another, the justice of peace could give you license. That's legal terms of living together as husband and wife without being common law husband and wife. But when you promise this girl, and this you promise that man that you'll live true to him and you take him to be your husband, you're married then. You remember I explained that last week, I believe it was, see? When you promise her, see, even in the, in the old Bible, if a man was betrothed to a maid, and you know the laws on that, it was just the same as an adultery. Certainly was when he promised that was it. The question is asked the other day was a annulment, 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 the same as a divorce. See, when you ask me those questions, friends, you don't know what that does to me. I've got many friends sitting here, married two or three times. Did you realize I'm talking to my own son, Billy Paul? But did I spare Billy Paul? No, indeed. Billy Paul got married to some little girl and he came up and said, Daddy, I'm going to get married. I was washing my car. I said, butt your head against the wall. Just kept on uh, washing my car like that. He said, I'm going to get married. I said, oh, go on. Just kept on like that. He goes around and tells his mother and his mother laughed at him. You know what he done? Run off with some little kid still in common school and got married. We annulled the wedding. The father, the girl, and myself. We annulled the wedding. But he was married just the same. He's my boy. Sitting here listening at me now. That's exactly, he come to me with the girl he lives with now. My daughter-in-law, my little grandson. He said, Daddy, will you marry me? I said, by no means. That's my own son. You think that don't cut me to the core? 
and I packed him in my arms and done everything I could do. And I've been both father and mother to him. You think that don't kill me to say that? But it's the truth. Certainly. My boy sitting here listening to my daughter-in-law and my little grandson. Sitting right here now, but I tell him it's wrong. Because I've got to. I'm duty-bound to that word. And I say you got married by a magistrate. You should have been married by the church, by the minister. That's a decent thing to do for a Christian. But being that you have already made that promise and vow and been married 21 years ago, I think it's all right. You say, well, I, you know, the question might be, should I come and be married again? If you wish to. Don't have nothing in your mind that bothers your faith because if anything's there, you can't go no further than right there. You stop right there when that question mark comes. That's where you end. Right there. But I, for me, it would be all right. The man that baptized me in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ finally run me out of church because I wouldn't agree with him on women preachers. Well, that didn't make me be rebaptized again. See? Sure not. That's all right. But just remember, these things are cutting to me. I got bosom friends sitting here, men and women that would take their leather, pull an eye out and give it to me. If I'd ask them for it. Yes, sir. And they're married twice. Sometimes three times. Sitting right here now. And my own boy. My own grandson. My grand and my daughter-in-law. And I love, look at Billy. How I stood by him and how he stood by me. But to say truth or truth, it's truth, truth. I could go out here today and call up some of these assemblies of God or some of these people and tell them, I was all wrong. I ain't going to stay at that word. I'm going to stay with you. I'd probably be a very proper person pretty soon with the gift of God to throw all my influence to one of those organizations. I'd probably have a big name among them. I ain't caring about my name among them. I love them. That's the truth. But i got to be truthful. I'd be a hypocrite if I did that. Not be a hypocrite if I stood here because my own son sat here that was promised to a girl. I said, if he never even had the ceremony set over him, no matter if he ever lived with the woman or slept with her, the girl, or whatever it was, when he made that vow, he's married. Billy Paul or no Billy Paul. That's exactly the truth. He's married when he made that promise. If it's me, it's the same. We've got to be honest. If I can't be honest with my boy, I can't be honest with you. If I ain't honest with you, I won't be honest with God. And I want you to believe when I tell you to be my honest to goodness opinion. Don't make anything else out of it. Just say it the way I said it. See? Because I'm going to tell you the truth. Now, I don't talk to you all like that too often because you're my children. I call you. I've begotten you to Christ through the gospel. And while we're here together, just our own group sitting here, I, I shave you down a little bit. But I want to tell you, when you come to me and ask anything, I'm going to tell you the best that I know how. Amen. If it's in the Word, I don't care if it condemns me. I've got many knots should be shaved off of me. Exactly. But when you ask me anything, I'm going to tell you. If I tell you anything, I'm going to tell you the truth. I've always tried to live that way. That's why I want to live and die that way, to be honest with anybody. A little girl come to me not long ago. The woman's not here now. Tom Simpson, many of you know him. Tom is a nice fella. None of his people are here. I think all the people went back, unless Fred's still here. I, uh, Fred Softman, I don't know whether he's here yet or not, but I, I think they are. But Tom Simpson, he come down from Canada with, with Fred. And they, uh, you know, Brother Fred, our trustee. And Brother Tom, many of you know him here. And Tom's a fine man. He's a dandy guy. So is Mrs. Simpson. She'd only listen to what I tell her. She's going to walk again, too. And she's sitting in that wheelchair crippled up. She's going to walk if she'll just do what was said to you. And you just watch and see if that isn't true. See? Now, but she's got to do what she was told to do if she expects to do it. 
And one of her little girls, sweet little girls, I, when there's little bitty things, I take them up on my lap and play with them. They're too big now. They're almost women, 10, 12 years old. And so one of them come to me and said, Brother Bram, I had a dream. And she told me the dream. And she said, what does that mean? I said, don't know, honey. I'll pray. And if the Lord gives it to me, I'll tell you. She said, all right. A few days she come back and said, got that dream? I said, no, honey, I haven't. He hasn't revealed it to me. About a week or two later, she come back and said, Brother Bram, what about that dream? I said, I don't know. Well, looked like she was kind of disappointed. I, you remember, when you ask me anything to tell you and I don't get it from the Lord, I'm disappointed too. But I ain't going to be a hypocrite or a liar. I'm going to tell you the truth. If He tells me, I'll tell you. If He don't, I won't. That's all I can do. I want you to believe me that way. And now I thought I know what the dream meant in my mind, but how did I know? I have to see the thing over again. And not one of you can lay your finger at any time or any place. What I ever told you, interpretation of a dream in the name of the Lord, but what was exactly that way? Amen. Yes, sir. Never have I told you anything in the name of the Lord, but what come to pass, too. Just that way. Because I'm, uh, it's Him, and that it ain't my responsibility, Dan. It's Him. It's His responsibility. And I said, look, Trudy, what if we're going to Arizona? And what if, uh, if I come told you that when you got out there, thus saith the Lord, your little brothers go a little Johnny. You want to tease about having his belly open all the time. I said, what if he gets run over on the street? And I say, you know what's going to happen? He's going to get run over on the street. And you're coming up to me and, and uh, you're going to say, uh, Brother Branham, uh, uh, go take him to Brother Branham, brother. And then you're going to hunt around. You find me standing on the steps talking to a man uh, with a white suit on. And then uh, I'm just going to lay my hands up on little Johnny. He's going to come to life again. Run along. And I said, then you go out west, and the first thing you know, one day you hear your mother screaming, your daddy screaming, and look, and little Johnny's been run over. What would you do? See? You believe me. See? Now, I want you to have confidence in me. I ain't going to tell you nothing just presumingly. I'm going to tell you the truth or I don't tell you nothing. And I said, then you come to me and say, oh, little Johnny, or come to your mother, oh, little Johnny's run over, he's dead, he's dead. The doctor come, pull his eyes back, check his heart's respiration, he's dead, take him to the morgue. What would you do? You would say, wait just a minute. Wait just a minute. Take him in my arms. Let's start walking. Amen. Where are you going, Trudy? I don't know. What you got? You got your little dead brother in your arms. You just keep walking down the street. People say, well, is that girl crazy? No, sir. She's got, thus saith the Lord. What's going to happen? First thing you know, you say to your father and mother, wait, we'll find Brother Branham. He'll be standing on the steps, talking to a man with a white suit on. There he is, standing right there. Watch what happens. Not a doubt in your mind. Walk up there and say, Brother Branham, you know what you told me? Yes, Trudy. Johnny, wake up. Jump off and go on down the street. Amen. But what if I just presumingly tell you some things that I think is right and tell you in that manner, thus saith the Lord, and it isn't right, and it don't happen, it never comes to pass, then you'd be scared to death of a little boy. You wouldn't know where to bring him or not. God sent me here to help you, and I want to be a help to you. And no matter if it cuts, hurts, or whatever it is, got to say it anyhow. But now on the case of marriage and divorce, I've asked you, like a brother, hold your peace until you hear from me. Yeah. Just go right on as you have lived. I'm taking up too much of the time there. We were married 21 years ago. Yeah, justice of the peace. Sister dear, brother dear, one time a salesman tell me, he walked into a church as a Christian up in Connecticut or somewhere up there. Great big church. He just went in to pray. It wasn't, he was a Pentecostal, but he went in there to pray and said... When he got in there and knelt down the church to pray, he says, Ride along, he's tired, kind of homesick, he's a salesman, and he's selling stuff, and said he, from, to factories, and he went in there to, to make some buys or something, then he come by the church and thought, I'll go over there, go in and pray. The doors open, said he went in, didn't hear nobody, so he knelt down and started praying. After he's praying, there, say, about an hour, 
that directly heard some door slam or something. He thought it was a custodian or something in the church. Said after a while he noticed, here come he heard somebody talking. He slipped up there to look, look around and see what was custodian. It was a man and a woman standing before the altar, holding one another's hands. Said, I take you, dear, to be my lawful wedded wife. See? She said, I take you, dear, to be my lawful wedded husband. Well, he said, This is a strange thing. Said this Pentecostal. He said, This man and woman getting married without a preacher. And so he just sat down and waited. And after they made their vows and lived true to one another, only death would separate them. They put their arms around one another, kissed each other, turned around, walked out smiling. He said, just a moment. <laughs> he said, um, I'm kind of curious. I'm a stranger. He said, you all get married? He said, yes. <laughs> Without a preacher? He said, no. He said, we've been married 40 years. He said, we got married right here at this altar 40 years ago. And every year we come back and renew our vows. That's a good idea. See? But as far as marriage, when you promise her, she takes your word, you take her word, and God takes both your word. See? So just don't promise that. When they cut it in his long, his long hair, when they cut it in front. Huh. Ah, wait a minute, let me get this. Yeah. <laughs> his long hair, when they... Uh, well, I, I, maybe they mean this. Uh, is it long hair any longer when they cut it in front? Not any longer than they cut it off, see? But uh, uh, like the man that had the trousers cut them off three times and still too short. What's say? What's say? Oh, that's what they're talking about. As I tease my little girl, she said, the booms, I call them, you know, bangs or whatever it is, you know, across the front here. Well, I imagine those kids that's cutting their hair in front... You, maybe your mother could tell you about that. See if she wants you to do that way. I think it looked kind of, kind of, a little bit like a woman looking through the rearview mirror. She passed about twenty-five years old and wanted to cut them off in front like that. Looked like some little kid. Look on out here where you're going, sis. Not where you've been. See. And now, but cutting the hair, I, I, I tell you this, I can't. I, I ain't got no no scriptures say uh, you can cut so much of it and can't do the other. I haven't got no scripture for that. I, I couldn't tell you that, sister or brother, ever who it is. I say one thing. I wished. Now I know my kids has done that too. Rebecca and Sarah. I seen when they cut their hair off here in front and plait it back here in the back and make these things across front like this. I, I don't. I, now I'm not holding them. See, not sure. To me, I wish they didn't even put a scissors on their hair at all. But when he got all long, hanging down like this, and just cut the front of it out of their eyes, little kids made it. I, I wouldn't know where that be wrong. I wouldn't think so. See? Uh, but when you get, if you can, I, uh, for you sisters, I just let it the way the Lord made it. See? And, uh, of course, I know women wants to look pretty. That's nature. And uh, that's what they should be. See, they should be that way. And so that's fine. But just don't, don't otherwise, like this, don't look like the world. See? Don't pattern at the world. Things wrong, you want to cut off like that. But don't cut your hair now. If you got the braids hanging down or, or whatever it is in your hair, you leave it long. Don't cut it like it's going to look like the world. If you're listening to them little girls, my uncle used to have a little girl up there in New York. She had the prettiest hair. It's kind of dark brown. And she, her, her plaits, my mother used to be able to, her plaits hit down here in the back of her knees. And this little girl had plaits like that too. Her name was Jacqueline. And she had combed part of it down like this and cut it off like this. And uh, it's been about 15, 18, 20 years ago. I used to wonder, why didn't she just comb the whole thing back? It looked prettier. And having this like off here like these 
modern beetles they have nowadays, you know. And uh, oh, I, that's right. I don't believe I'll do it. Uh, anything look like them beetles? That looks like out of the world. So let uh, just leave that alone. Yeah. My husband and I don't uh, see alike on the Bible uh, the truth like this truth that you preach. He doesn't understand. Should I go with him to churches when I don't believe their teaching? I'm very troubled about this. Yes, if you are a wife to this husband and he don't condemn you, you don't. You mustn't condemn him see, because the husband is sanctified by the wife. See, And I believe if he goes to some denominational church or something like that, he wants you to go down there with him. See, if you don't be... See, there's nothing there that can harm you because you're not going to listen to what they're saying anyhow because John said here you don't believe they're preaching. See? So it ain't going to harm you, but you're just showing respect to your husband. You're yielding yourself to him. And maybe in doing so, you, you'll... If they teach and do the things down there, you're taught much higher things than that. You'll be salty. He'll see and come to the Lord. I believe I would go ahead. My goodness, look at what time it is. Um, does uh, Zechariah 4 and Revelations 11, 3 to 12 speak of the same beings? See Zechariah 4, uh, 12 to 14, and Revelations 11, 4. Uh, they signed their name to it, brother and sister of the church. Let's see. Zechariah 4. Oh, yeah. That's the two olive trees. Yeah, the two olive trees. And Revelations 11 is more. Yeah, that's it. Same thing. That's them. Both. That, that is Moses and Elijah, the two olive trees. Uh, pray for our... That's a prayer request. Uh, I'm sorry. This, I can't read it before. It's about... Uh, Family relationships. Yeah, I, I, that's more there. I can't re- read that to the public. They're on private interview anyhow. So, so. Brother Branham, is it wrong to... Uh, to... What is it? What on Sunday? Work. Work. Is it wrong to work on Sunday? I've just explained that. If the ox is in the ditch... Take him out, but don't push him in the ditch just to get him out on Sunday. <laughs> brother Branham, will you preach here next Sunday? That's just a question. No, sister, brother, whoever who it is. Uh, these are some sisters laying out here. I must have laid, laid them or somebody put them in the package. Uh, brother, this is to you, Brother Captain. Will you sing, Oh, Never Grow Old? <laughs> I must have got in the, I got some of the rest of them mixed up. Brother Branham, um, uh, someone wants to know why you were not uh, in, mentioned in the Bible. <laughs> I believe you are Habakkuk two one four. Get that, Habakkuk two one to four. Let them read this and study it. Third chapter. Think name and types of four chapters. Uh, believe I believe is you. Uh, while he's hunting, it's Habakkuk uh, two one to four. Uh, uh, brother or sister, everyone asks a question. There's no name. That's fine. I, I like to ask those things. I know what's on your heart. See, and then uh, I tell you, no. See, you wouldn't have to necessarily have your name in the Bible. See, but you see, 
as long as you're in the Bible, there, as long as you're in Christ, you are in the Bible, you're in Him, you see, in the Bible, see. As long as you are in Christ, then you are in the fullness of the Bible. See, you are in your full position when you're in Christ. All understand that? Um, do you have it, Brother Neville? Yeah. Uh, Habakkuk, I haven't read it. This is just put in here, I guess, this morning. Uh, to Habakkuk 2, 1 to 4. Let's see Habakkuk 2. Habakkuk 2 and um, uh, 1 to 4. I will stand up on the watch and set me up on the tower and will watch and see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer I, I am when I am reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak. And not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because I will surely come, and I will not tarry. Behold, his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Well, um, uh, I'd imagine this dear person asked this. You see, it's somebody that loves me, or they wouldn't write that. See? Now, I could not say my, the Bible doesn't call my, my name William Branham or call your name whoever it is, but we are in him anyhow. And these, and now you see uh, familiar places that refer to in the Bible. It says certain things, see. Now, if you'll watch, history repeats itself in the Bible. See? Now, let's just give you a scripture for one. Now, I see many of you writing it down. Now, in the third chapter of St. Matthew, it said, and when God called his son, out of Egypt, that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken, out of Egypt I call my son. Now, if you've got a Schofield or any other reference Bible, if you follow that reference there, that Marge reading, he'll bring you back to where he called Jacob, Israel, out of Egypt. See? But Jacob was his son that he called out of Egypt. Also, Jesus was his son that he called out of Egypt. So, see, the Word of God is never-ending. See, we identify ourselves in the Bible with different... How many remembers my message on identifying yourself with Christian characters? Phoenix, Arizona, where I preach it? Yeah, many of us got it on the tape, see? Identify with Christian character. See, you can identify yourself anywhere you want to in that scripture if you are a Christian. And if you're not a Christian, you can identify yourself in the Bible, see? So, I think maybe that would help. I want to get as many of these as can. Brother Bram, some say mercy is over and no one can... Be saved. Now, is this true? I'm glad I got this one. We watch and pray. We watch the prayer lines, and it seems some are still uh, finding mercy. Now, that's the first question you got, too. Is mercy over? Don't never think that. See? Just keep right on doing everything you can until you're taken away. See? We notice in the prayer line... Some finds mercy. Sure. Mercy's, the doors are open. See, I think where you got this, uh, this thought might lay between, see, I don't have time to give each one of these scriptures the right place. You see, each one of these things, the right place. They are in the prayer line, you find mercy, certainly. If I know Jesus is coming this afternoon, I'd be doing just the thing I'm doing right now. Okay? Just continuing right on. Mercy is always open. See, and now where I think you get it is about the finishing of the seven church ages and the seven seals being loosed. 
See? The seven seals, it's manifested what takes place, what has took place. The seventh church age, we're the end of the seventh church age. When I say the end, that doesn't mean it's this very hour, this very minute. You remember, the Bible said back in the times of, of the Lord Jesus, Paul said, for the time is at hand. Do you realize how long that was in God's time? That was yesterday. My time has been 2,000 years. See? The time is at hand. See? What God calls at hand is not what we call at hand. See? So just keep on believing. Keep on praying. Keep on. Uh, God's still got mercy open. Just keep flowing into it as fast as you can. God will do the stop and when it's time to stop. See? Now, Brother Branham, is it true that no one should preach but you we have seen your we have seen you ordained man we do don't believe you would do that if there were not that they were not to preach mercy brother sister ever who told you that nobody's preached for me I'd sure be a poor subject of God with all that no Every man that feels a call of God upon his life, get into the ministry and start preaching. We need them. Man of God are anointed all over the world to preach the gospel. See? I'm just one little pebble on the beach among many big stones. See? So uh, there's just many that's more eligible, more worthy, more of anything to preach than me. I'm just one little humble person. Laying out here, I'm one grain of wheat in a whole garner. See? So, it's just, uh, you know what I mean. Any man that's called of God needs to preach the gospel. How can a Christian get deeper in the love of God? Read the Word and pray. Read the Word of God and pray. I'm going to hurry. Just get as many as I can. I turned in one question, but asked it I answer incorrectly. I want to know if you are going to have a healing service before you leave town. If not, I have to do, I get a personal interview with you. Now, um, by the way, I think this person was on interview this morning. Of course, we had a healing service. We have had a healing service too. Um, Brother Branham, please explain 1 Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians 11, 11 and verse 4 through 6. Does not this mean a, a separate... A separate seal covering from the hair, or is the long hair the only covering we need? Um, get me First Corinthians eleven. I uh, see First Corinthians eleven four. Um, uh, it says when praying. Oh yeah, here, they got it here. It's saying praying or prophesying. Can we take our hair? Uh, can we? Let's see. They got a line drawn through something here when prophesying. When prophesying. Can we take our hair when we... Hmm. <laughs> uh, if you say, can we take our hair on or off when we're prophesying? <laughs> if you... <laughs> If you got a hair piece, you might. Uh, I'd uh, or wear one of these beetle wigs or something. But um, 
if I could look right in one, I'd probably wear one myself, but not a beetle wig, but a, a hair piece. But that's all right. If you ain't got no hair and you want one, if you can, you, that's perfectly all right. Yes, sir. If a woman, her hair isn't long enough, she wants to switch her hair in it, I'd say put it on, sister. If a man takes bad colds and things and wants her some way, or even to his parents, to his wife, if he wanted to wear a hair piece, do it. Yes, indeedy. Nothing wrong with that. No, sir, more than you would be your teeth or artificial arm or anything else. If nature has some, taken something from you and it's so handy, you go ahead. That's perfectly all right. But it says here, can we take our hair on or off when praying or prophesying? What does this actually mean? All right, read, Brother Neville. Are you, uh, four, four to six. All right. All right. Every man praying or prophesy his head covered dishonors his head. That is, if he's got long hair. All right. But every woman that prayeth or prophesy with her head uncovered dishonors her head. That's her husband. For that is even all as one if she were shaven. For if a woman be not covered, let her also be shorn. If she wants to bob her hair, make her shave it all off slick. See, if she can't have. But if it be not a shame for a woman to be, sh- be a shame for a woman to be shorn or shaven, let her be covered. I don't see nothing on taking on or taking off hair there, unless the woman wants. She says if she says she has to cut it, then let her shave it all off slick. See, because if she doesn't, let her have her hair, because her hair is recovered. But for a man to have. Uh, his head covered, long hair like a woman standing in the pulpit, he'd look like a woman up there. See? So he mustn't have it like that. See, that's that mean they're taking on hair off. I think the person might have got mistaken in thinking there that it meant uh, a man prophesying with his head covered. Then he takes his covering off. See? No, that isn't that. He had long hair. It means if he's covered. Now, you read on down just a little further, you'd ask the question, and you'll find out that the woman's head is her husband. How many knows that? And the man's head is Christ. Therefore, a man should cut his hair because of Christ because in him is both man, woman, and all. He's both father, mother, sister, brother, all. But in a man is masculine alone. Therefore, he must cut that off because of Christ. But in the woman is feminist alone so she can have her covered because her husband is over her. He is her lord, her ruler. So therefore, she must have long hair. And then if she says she must, she has to cut it off, then let her be shaved. Instead of, if it's a shame or disgrace for a woman who's supposed to look pretty and having her hair all shaved off, then let her have her covered on her head. Let her have long hair. See? So it's... Anybody all explain it? I mean, it's the sound all right? Say amen if it does. Yeah. If you got See? All right. Brother Branham, we got just 10 minutes now. Brother Branham, we have no preacher where we live. But we have tape service on Sunday night only. Should we take our children to another church for Sunday school? Are the tape services sufficient? Well, let that be according to where your children are going. See? Now, if you get your children, they're young, and you get them out into some kind of a group out there that'll just pound the stuff into them that they, that they, they shouldn't know I wouldn't do it. If they, if they seem to learn enough from the tapes and things, and you say you put them over in a Catholic church, take them over to Catholic church, take them over to something like that, I wouldn't advise that thing. If they, uh, but now, if you got a nice little church or that, maybe disagree two or three things with you, and your children want to go to Sunday school, they're full gospel people or something, well, that's perfectly all right. But see, when you come to a place where it depends on how your children take it. See, watch what your children does. How they react to it. Let's see. If you don't have a church to go to, should you just listen to the tapes? Yes. That's, I, I, that'd be fine. Do 
your children have to have an experience to have the Holy Spirit if the if if they see the end time message, do they have the Holy Spirit? Everyone must have an experience. Your children cannot go in oh no other way but the same way you do. See, they've got to be born again. There's no grandchildren in the kingdom of God. They're all children. They must have it. Must have an experience with God to go in just the same as you. Now, I hope I can get this. It's um, dearly love. Let's see. About the scripture of Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. Do we all... Let's see. Do we get all the perfecting of saints through the tapes or should we be here where the gifts of the spirit are operating and the different offices of the church to help perfect us our hearts have uh, believed all the word of the lord now this person is from oregon now my dear i believe i know who it is see it's uh oh yes i do i certainly do your your boy if the person's here, I know you. If you're not, it might be in last Sunday. See, it might come in from last Sundays. But uh, uh, your your son flies conservation. See, and it's uh, he controls. Is I think you're the one invited me over to go elk hunting with you over in uh, Oregon, where and I think this is right. Now I know this person by letter, by and so no, they want to come here to the church. For the perfecting. See, that we, we get fellowship one with another here at the church. But the perfecting comes between us and God. The blood of Christ is what perfects us in the Holy Spirit. Now, in the church, there has the gifts operating. Now, we do not have too many of the gifts operating here. But we have some of them. We have the gift of tongues and, um, and the gift of prophecy. Uh, two or three of them. Now, I think our brother Higginbottom... Uh, here uh, where he's at he's got a gift of speaking in tongues and we got a brother junior jackson with us and he speaks with tongues and then we got uh, two or three of them interprets brother neville here also our pastor speaks with tongues and sometimes prophesies and the lord brings up on this other day he said something i called up on a phone in a house where i was at that you prophesied over a person told him that a drunken man would uh, there'd be a great change in him right away or something like that and the man had come out of an alcohol synonymous, still an alcoholic, and for 68 days hasn't even touched alcohol or no medicine for it or anything. That was Brother Neville prophesying over them. So we are we have some of the gifts operating among us, and we would be very glad to fellowship with any of you that has a way that you're working or wants to come and fellowship with us. Anything we can do, we're very happy about it, see. But now the perfecting belongs to Christ. Now let's see, about one more or two more. Brother Branham, will you be kind enough to explain the picture taken by Brother Oregon Bryant? Question one. The second uh, on the the second picture on the wall. The light around you, the buckle, and so forth. Well now I tell you what, they signed their name and they're not here now. We understand it. It's Brother and Sister Jackson from South Africa. They've gone back. So we understand that. We've explained that. When will the church who when will the church who did who died during the tribulation and res 
be resurrected, will they also wait until the resurrection of the ungodly? Will they live again during the millennium? Now, that's a good question. Deserves more than time I could give it. But just so I can get... See, I haven't, I've got at least two-thirds of what I started with this morning. Been two hours. Just so many, you just can't get to them, you see. And I just want to get as many as again, just not seeing where they are. I know there's some real good ones in here, too, that should be known, like serpent seed to be explained and things. But I'm going to hurry and get into this real quick. Um, will the church who died during the tribulation period, see, be in the resurrection, the second resurrection? Second resurrection. Will they also wait until the resurrection of the ungodly, the just and the unjust, will be raised at the same time? Will they live again during the millennium? No. And the rest of the dead live not for the end of the thousand years. That's pretty short, but I'm sure. What does Paul mean by freedom and liberty in Christ? What way is freedom from law? Well, you're not bound by law. Say, for instance... Here's the same thing. I'll explain it in a natural way quickly. Uh, for instance, out here says, go down the street, 30 miles an hour is all the faster you can go. All right. Now, now, if I go down the street 40 miles an hour, I'm condemned by the law. But if I go down the street just 30 miles an hour, I'm not under the law. See? That's freedom in Christ. See? The same thing. You're not bound by the law as long... If I don't steal, lie, smoke, commit adultery, any of those things there, I'm not bound by no law. See? I'm free from the law. I'm in Christ. Uh, how do you feel about birth control? I had some of that on the interviews this morning. I'd rather talk personally with, with you on those things. See? On those things there. Because these words and things that I have to say that I, I'd rather say it if a husband and wife... And there is a possibility of it being done in the right way. I'd say it to, for general. There is so many days in a woman's life that she's not fertile. You understand? All right. Why, now, they, sometimes a, a child would kill a woman. If she had a baby, to kill her. You want to watch that too, see? So just be real careful about that, see? See, that's bringing life to what you're putting you on earth to do. If your wife is sickly and another, a child would kill her, uh, I, I wouldn't do it. I don't think the Lord wants you to do it. And you, you come to me personally on them things. Have it on private interview. Let me talk to you personally, see. And I can feel, see, each individual, I can tell where they're lying to me or not, see. <laughs> they're telling me different things. I'd rather see, see, because you put it out like this, you don't know it's because he's individual and things like that. I can tell it whether they're telling the truth or not, see. Um, why, will, why will Satan be loosed a little season after the thousand years of Revelation 20 and 3 and Revelation 20 and 27? Why will he be loosed? Is to go to gather up his people on the second resurrection because Satan has to stand the, the judgment also, see. He has to be condemned. Um, Oh, my, this is a book full of them. I don't believe... Here's another letter full of them. Let me get some real, real quick here now. Brother Bram, please explain Acts 9, verse 7, and Acts 20, Acts 22nd verse. Would you get it for me, Brother Neville? Uh, please explain Acts 9, verse 7. Now, while he's getting that, I'll see if I can get another one right quick. Are you getting tired? I know you are. Please explain... Uh, mystery of the translation of the bride, how it will take place and where the place the bride goes. Isn't them lovely questions? That's really nice. I'll just stand here all day. Just a minute now. Verse, uh, uh, Acts uh, 9, verse 7. Thank you, Brother Neville. 9, verse 7. And the man which journeyed 
with him stood speechless, hearing the voice and seeing no man. Now, I know where you're going. Okay? Now, the next place said that they vice versa. Now, I don't know what taking place there. I just can't tell you. Because the next place, they heard one of them. They didn't see it. And the next place, they seen it and didn't hear it. How many ever seen that before in the Bible? Amen. I have. And I can't explain it. See? I, the Lord had to reveal it to me. I, I told you a while ago, I have to be honest with you. See? I don't know. I'm sorry. If I, if I can't explain it, I'll be honest enough to tell you I can't. But I, I won't tackle it when I, when I don't know. I can't explain that. For one place, it said they saw the light. And never heard the voice or something like that. In the next place, they saw the heard the voice and never saw the light. I can't explain it. See, I, I don't know what happened, and I won't know until the Lord reveals it to me. No more, and I could re- tell you about marriage and divorce. I didn't know until He revealed it to me. And even this morning, the Lord God, Creator of heavens and earth, knows this to be the truth. This morning, He finished up the whole thing, telling me about marriage and divorce. So right. That's the reason I say, let me get it all together. Search when one of those things like serpent seed when it was presented to me, uh, I couldn't see it, nothing. But I just kept following that. And the first thing you know, then have to get way away to yourself, and then the Holy Spirit begins to open it up. Now I want somebody to try to condemn it. Now, see, can't do it. Please explain the mystery of the translation of the bride. Just a change. See, our bodies now. Let's say are. You know what I mean when I say that. I don't mean to be sacrilegious. I don't mean to say ours. I don't mean to say this church. I mean to say every believer. Abraham, he was looking for a promised son that was promised him. Is that right? And the church is looking for a promised son, the bride. Is that right? The bride is looking for the promised son. Before the promised son could come to Sarah and Abraham, their bodies had to be changed. Is that right? She was too old to have a baby. She had no milk veins in her breast. Her breast was dried up. Her womb wasn't fertile. She was sterile. She could not have the baby. Her heart was too old to stand labor. So what happened? God changed her back to a young woman. And he did Abraham the same thing because he said his body was as good as dead. See? And he had to change her body in order to receive the promised son. And we cannot receive the promised son that promises today in these bodies that we live in. These bodies are sin. This first conscience controls this body with sea taste, feel, smell in here. And it's just got us all scrupled up. We reason and everything else. But that new body that comes from this born again, not this first conscience, it'll pass away. It's that inside something that lives. Everybody understand? Say amen. amen. It's not this outside sea taste, feel, smell in here. It is, it's subject to death and will die. But the inside part of you down in here, inside, that is the person that cannot die. See? And that's the person that the new life starts from, from this new birth. And it builds another person in the image of this person you are around that life. You get it? So potentially, it's in here. And what is it? The Word promised before the foundation of the world. And around there, this only reflects the negative. That will reflect the positive. The Word, see, and the same thing is, or the translation of the bride will be the same thing. The Word that's in you, the body will materialize around that Word. And the same thing did by Sarah. Before, when that old body that she had, that first body, it had to be changed in order to produce a son. You get it? That body could not do it. This body cannot do it. So it had to be changed the same way to receive the son. How will it take place and when is... Where is the 
Where is it the bride goes? It goes to glory, heaven, for the wedding supper, just in type like Isaac and Rebekah. When Rebekah uh, went to meet Isaac, remember Ella Ezar representing now the message that went forth from Abraham. Ella Ezar went forth to find a bride for, cry, for Isaac. He found the beautiful Rebekah in the cool of the evening. A little dark-skinned girl coming out with a water pot. And Eliezer prayed and said, Lord God, give me a good journey now and success for my master, Abraham. And he said, "Go, don't take him amongst the Philistines. Don't take her. Get over here amongst his people showing that the bride of Christ and Christ's blood relation calls Rebecca and, and Isaac were cousins. And so they went down and this beautiful Rebecca come out and uh, got the water and he prayed to water the camel and whatever more. And then Remotus Rebecca had the final choice, had to come to Rebecca. He asked the father for the girl. He asked the mother for the girl. And they neither one could agree, wanted her to stay a while. He said, don't hinder me on my work. And Rebecca had to make the choice because he said, she is the maid. Let her make the choice. And as soon as it's made to her, quickly her mind is made up. She said, I'll go. And she mounted up on the camel and went to meet the, look, the very camel she watered was a camel that packed her to her bridegroom and all of her success. And the very camel, the very power, uh, a beast in the Bible represents power, and the very power that we give water and praise to. <laughs> Amen. See? Water, life, praise to the Word is the very thing that packs us into the glory land to meet the bridegroom. Amen. Yes, sir. Amen. Watching for the coming of that glad millennium day when our blessed Lord Amen. shall come. Catch His waiting bride away. And remember, Isaac had left the tent and was standing out in the field meditating in the late afternoon. Amen. Amen. When he saw Rebecca coming and she had never saw him and he had never saw her. But it was love at the first sight. She fell in love with him and him with her. And she was even veiled. <laughs> oh my. And look, when she seen him, her heart was so full of joy she didn't know who she was going to marry. But by faith. Amen. And, and remember, Jesus will leave the kingdom and we'll not meet Him in glory. We're to meet Him in the air. Amen. Between heavens and earth. Where He's expanded to redeem us. And He met Rebecca in the middle between her home and His home. <laughs> Took her into His home and married her. And fell heir to everything His Father had. <laughs> perfect. Just perfect. Alright, questions. Does God... Separate man and wife in... I, I better not read this one, see. See, it's a... It's a... Might have to say a word. See, I know you all, but these, these, this is tape, you see. So I, I better not... It's something about... Uh, the person that wrote it, you know what it is. And uh, I, I better see you on a private interview, see. I better not... Uh, I don't think it would really be... Nice to read that. See, it's it's all right. The person's nothing wrong. They asked a legitimate question, but I I think it'd be better for me to see them private interview. What do you think, so? You several who you know who it is, whoever you are. Oh my! Oh, we're already past our time, folks. We we better close up and go go into our dinner. How much time you want me to stand fan here? Oh my! <laughs> Just, a, just, a, just maybe just a little bit. If ever who has to go right quick, don't let your dinner burn. But if you, if you're, 
and uh, now I'll probably be eating over at the Blue Boar or Priors or some of them places, and they probably won't bother me. And if you have to go, God bless you, I understand, see. And I'm just going to take about, I'm going to lay out these right here, and that's all I'm going to answer. Then I'm, I'm going to, these right here, about, take about 15 more minutes, then I'm going to go to leave. I have two daughters married to men in the uh, DAV, and they believe this message. They are uh, denominations, that's right, and they believe this message and have taken a stand for it and have received, uh, what should they do? They have received opposition. What shall we do? Hold your stand. Amen. Absolutely. Show your colors. I said, don't give in to them. No, sir. I don't say don't go among them, fellowship or something like that, as long as you can fellowship. But when they come to changing the diet, you know, a dove can't eat with a buzzard. <clears throat> Brother Branham, would you please explain Mark thirteen twenty seven? Also, Brother Branham, what about the people in Revelation 27 and 9 what, uh, that make war against the saints? Where do they come from? Will there be a carrying over as with the uh, Noah's family? Um, Revelation uh, 13, um, I know Mark 13, 27, Brother Neville. Revelations 20, you got your Bible right there. Uh, Revelations 20, and uh, it looks like 7 and 9. I think I, while they're getting, here he's got it right here. Revelations, what was it now? Uh, Mark 13, 27. 13 and 27. And then shall he send his angels and gather together his elect from the four winds and shall and the utmost parts of the earth to be uh, and to the utmost parts of heaven utmost parts of the earth to the uttermost parts of heaven that's talking of the resurrection the translation going up he sent forth his angels together did you ever think what the angels are hmm Messengers. Mm-hmm. You gather them together. Congregate them together, see. Bring them, bind them together. From the utmost parts of the earth to the utmost parts of heaven. The word that was has been made manifest on earth. See? You get it? Amen. The word's been spoken. Here it's manifested. See? All right, Brother Caps. Let's see. And when the thousand years was expired, Satan was loosed out of his prison. All right. I just got to explaining that, didn't I? How I'd be loosed out of his prison at the end of the thousand years. All right. I got another one right here. Just a minute, Brother Branham. Was it of God or was it of my own doings when the things that took place when tempted was that? Let's see if you can make that out. It's good at writing, but my education is poor. What does it say? Was it of God or was it my own doings the thing that took place when I stopped nursing? Was, was I fault? I don't believe I can answer that. Brother Capture, I can't make out. said, was it, unless it, it was, if it was a nurse, something about nursing, was it of God when I stopped nursing or was it my fault? I wouldn't know. Just see, I don't private interview, you see. Now, nursing is a legitimate thing, uh, just as a nurse. I'd say, now, the person never, I didn't throw it back, just say not to answer it, because that means just as much to that woman as your question means to you or mine to me, see. But now, if it's a a nurse, 
that you just quit nursing because you thought you shouldn't work. Well, I think nursing should be more like a mercy. See, you should think of doing something like a doctor. A doctor that's a good doctor. We'd help a man regardless whether he had a penny money or not, a real doctor. See? And I think a minister, anybody, our service should be to one another because make life just a little better for each other. I, when they told me I had to take $100 a week from this church for a salary, well, I'd like, like to kill me. Now, Miss Wilson, I know, and probably your son and them said, you remember years ago, I preached here 17 years and never took a penny in my life. Every money, everything I could make, I put right into it. See? And when they told me I had to take it in order to be in these meetings, they like to ruin me. See? Of course, I believe it's all right, but just to me. See, I don't want nothing, no money. All the thing I want is, is your, your friendship, God's favor with us. I, I love you. See, I love you. And I want you to be right. And I want to be right myself. And I, I want you to believe me. I believe you. And if you come to me to a question, I want to be honest with you. And if I, if I tell you in the name of the Lord, I want you to do just exactly what I told you to do. Don't you vary from it a, a bit. Then I think we'll get along all right like that, see. And then others. And well, Now, if it's nursing, and I think if you, in your heart to be a nurse, can't everybody be a nurse? A nurse is somebody's gentle and kind to people and oh I think a real nurse if you ever been sick in a hospital or something see a real nice nurse who can come and make you comfortable or something I had an operation for when I was shot that time I had to go to the hospital I had a little old nurse out there I called her sweet pickles because she always had a pickle in her mouth eating it all the time like that and um, I was just only about 14 years old and I'd been shot and she was just merely a little fella anyhow and she'd them shot legs put her both of them blowed off like that and she'd put a pillar here and a pillar there and all the time she's always helping me I always thought, I was just a little kid, I thought I could marry her <laughs> because she was, she was so kind and nice to me. Well, I, that, see, that means something, see, to do something. Um, uh, I'd like to ask the question, number one, is ladies' pajamas. Now, wait just a minute, let me read it. Pertaining to men's pajamas, is it wrong to turn the ends of No, let's be all right. Is the ladies' pajamas... Pertaining to man's garments. Boy, <laughs> don't tell me they can't ask you some burners. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just going to let you do the side of that. You shouldn't be prayed around before people with them on. I know that. So that would be, but in the uh, going to bed, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to have to back up on that one, too. I told you to be honest. If I didn't know, I'm not going to put my own thought about it. All right. Unless you want my own thought. If you want that, I'll tell you. See? Now, remember, it isn't. It, this, this could be a million miles wrong. I think it'd look nice to have a nightgown on. <laughs> but, but if you, but if you, but it's just up to you now. I can't, I can't tell you that because I couldn't back it up. Now, that's, that's, that's me, not him, remember. See? Is it wrong to trim the ends of woman's hair? I believe we just went through that a few minutes ago. See for the little, I guess you call them them little things that hang down like that. Uh, Brother Branham, one of the tapes of the seven church ages, you mentioned that Judas had been justified, sanctified. Were these genuine? There's a good one. Mm-hmm. Explain experience, genuine experiences of grace that he received. You also mentioned that Judas had his name on the book of life. And yet we know he went to Hades and was lost. Uh, how can a person have their name on the book of life 
and still be lost? Or why does God put persons' names on the book of life when he knows that they will be lost at the end? Now, that's a good one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Now, this will be good. I just have to depend on the Lord to answer this because I'm just prowling out. Probably out, rather. Look, first, in the churches, I mentioned that Judas had his name on the book of life. That's true. Now, we know that. Because Jesus told them when all of them were sent out, Matthew 10, to cast out devils, to preach the gospel, freely receive, freely give, and they return back rejoicing because the devil's a subject to them. Is that right? And Jesus told them, and he called their names, which ones they was, how many was sent out, and they come back and Judas is a carrot, which also betrayed him. See, they come back rejoicing because the devil's a subject unto them. Now see, the attitude was wrong there. See, you mustn't rejoice because I got power to make a devil move. See, you mustn't do that. You must rejoice because you've even received enough grace to be saved. See, see, you mustn't rejoice. That's why people, usually people that has gifts are people who don't want gifts. See? Paul tried to run from the thing. So did Moses. Great leaders like that try to run from the job. They know what lays before them. God, see if you take a guy always, oh Lord, fill me with power and I'll go out here and I'll cast devils. You never do it. God knows better than trust anybody like that. See, you never do it. It's that guy that don't want nothing to do with it. So see, that's the guy that God can take him and teach him something sometime, you see. So then Judas come back rejoicing all of them at the names. He said, don't rejoice that the devils is subject to you, but rejoice because your names are written in the on the book of life. Now, if you notice and take Daniel also, the Bible, see, because your name is on the book of life, because it is in heaven, your name has been recognized, that still doesn't mean that you are saved. You're not converted until you receive the Holy Ghost. Remember that. You're only potentially converted. See? You're not. If, if you ask me for, a, for an oak tree and I give you an acorn, potentially you have an oak tree potentially, but it isn't developed yet. That's the reason I believe in the security is the way I do. If I, if I ask for a corn field and I see corn up about that high, potentially I have a field of corn. Not, it isn't developed yet. Something could happen. See? Now, you're on your road through justification and sanctification to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But when you're genuinely baptized with the Holy Ghost, you're in the kingdom. Now you say, Brother Bram, is that true? Now, I haven't got time now to, to give you scripture. You just look it up when you get home. Because I don't know my mind. I have to look back here in my concordance to pick it up. Jesus told Peter, who had been both saved and sanctified. He believed on Jesus, was sanctified. Uh, St. John 17, 17. Jesus said, Sanctify them, Father, through the truth. Thy word is the truth. And he and the word is the same. They were sanctified potentially through the truth. The word, the truth. And then... Jesus told Judas or, or Peter the night of the betrayal, he said, After you are converted, Amen. then strengthen your brethren. After you are converted. Amen. The man had followed him for three years and had name on the Lamb's Book of Life and had cast out devils and done great works and healed and done all kinds of preached the word and everything and still wasn't converted. Amen. See the you're leading to conversion. See? The baby that when the act is taking place between the, the egg and the sperm or the gene, but when they potentially, the baby's there, when the act is done, then the body is developed, second stage. But the baby has to be born here. 
and then it receives the breath of life. It is not yet the breath of life. You say, oh, it's alive. No, it isn't. That's little nerves jerking. Muscles. See, the baby hasn't received life till it's born. And you may jump and jerk, but you're not. <laughs> you got to be born. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> All right. Now, now it said then that ta- you uh, mentioned that Judas had his name on the book of life. And yet we know that he went to Hades and was lost. How can a person then have his name on the book of life and still be lost? Now, let me get one more uh, little thing in here for this dear person. Now, notice. The Bible said when Daniel saw, he, he wrote the first book of Revelations, Daniel. And we notice in the vision, he saw him come to the ancient of time, whose hair was as white as wool. How many remember reading that? And did you notice John and Revelations came to the same thing, Revelations 1? And he stood there, his hair was as white as wool, his feet and the way it looked, ancient of time. Ancient of time. That is, it had no time. The eternal one. And he came. Now what? And the saints come to the earth and the books were open. And another book was open, which was the book of life. One book. They came to the judgment. And uh, he came and with him came ten thousands times ten thousands. Is that right? Ministered to him, the bride, queen and king. Who is your little queen in the home? She ministers food to you. Is that right? What you're laid on now. But when she, when she ministers to you, that's what the bride ministers to Christ. The Word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word. See? She ministers the Word to the King, manifesting His promised Word in the age that she's living in. Amen. Ah, oh, I said something then. You didn't get it. But uh, uh, notice... Oh, my, that was a good one. See, ministering in the age, the Word. Now, notice, and she came, he came, and 10,000 times 10,000 came to him, and judgment was set, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life, and they were judged thus. Who was this to come? The bride, which did not have to come to judgment. She's free from judgment. Another book was opened, which was the book of life. And those who had their name on the book of life had to be judged out of that book. And Judas Iscariot professed to be a believer. And he had his name written among them on the book of life. Is that right? He claimed to have eternal life. And his name was put on the book of life. So he has to, why he has to be judged then to see why did he condemn the word of life then? Sell out. For 30 pieces of silver, some sells out to be a Methodist Baptist or what more. Sold out his position from the book of life. And he'll, judge, he'll have to be stand there and judged by that. By the word. See? That's why Judas had to do it. See? Judas has to come to the judgment. His name was on the book of life, but that don't mean he's saved. He has to stand the judgment. The sleeping virgin will stand right there under the same, uh, same things. Notice Jesus said in St. John 5, 24, He that heareth my word, that's he that can receive it. Not he that just hears the preaching was in nonsense. See? He that receiveth my word, he that heareth my word, and believeth, not make-believeth, but truly believe on him that sent me which was the word, hath 
everlasting life and shall not come to the judgment but hath past tense passed from death unto life. That's it. So Judas had his name there on the book of life. That's exactly right. But he was condemned because what did he do? He sold out his birthrights. Esau was born in a family with the promise of God. The oldest son had the birthright. How many knows that? By promise of God, Esau's name was on the book for the birthright. Is that right? But he swapped it for a mess of wild gourds or peas. Hungry to fill his belly, his meal ticket. He swapped his birthrights for a meal ticket and could find no place to repent. Those spies that went with over to spy out the land came and even eat the grapes that Joshua and Caleb brought back. And yet, what did they do? Sold out their birthrights. Jesus said, uh, Paul speaking with the inspiration of Christ, in Hebrews the 6th chapter 4, it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted of the power of the world to come. If they shall fall away to renew themselves again unto repentance, seeing that they crucified to themselves the Son of God, and count the blood of the covenant wherewith they were sanctified an unholy thing, and done despite to the works of grace. It's impossible for that person to ever come back. Then every one beside Joshua and Caleb died and perished in that wilderness. Yet they were believers. Yet their names are on the books. And here, Paul speaking, if a man ever comes to a spot that he's been saved and sanctified, the blood sanctifies. Hebrews 13, 12 and 13 says the blood sanctified. And then comes right up to the gate of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And because of prestige or denomination refuses to walk in it, said that person is lost and can never be saved. See? For he's done despite even to the very works of grace that's called him up to that place and showed it to him and then turned around and walked away from it. He counts the blood of the covenant wherewith he is crucified, uh, Christ was crucified as an unholy thing. Because the blood that saved him and justified him and sanctified him brings him up to the baptism of the Holy Ghost and then walks away and leaves it. Now watch that pattern. I'm taking a lot of time, but look, Judas is carried, followed those same tracks. He was justified by believing on the Lord Jesus and accepting Him as His personal Savior. He was sanctified and gave power to cast out spirits. Put His name on the Lamb's Book of Life. But when it come to Pentecost and the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the fullness of the Word, He showed His colors. That's exactly what the Canaan spies did. That's exactly what Esau done. That's exactly what uh, Satan done to Eve in the Garden of Eden. Surely God will not. But she said, God said, he said, yeah, I know it says that. I know it says this, but surely. See, the same thing all the way down through. And so is it today. The church has followed through justification, Martin Luther, through sanctification, Wesley. But when it comes to the time of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, they show their colors. They want nothing to do with it. Nazarene, Pilgrim, Holiness, Church of God. All those there who believe in sanctification, you can't lay a finger to it. It's truth. But when it comes, a borderline, come right up to that spot to receive the Holy Ghost for the new birth. 
And then what the devil do? Come around trying to twist it around. Oh, he's, he'll do everything. It's in his knowing power to keep people out of there. They brought around on, say, you have to speak with tongues. You have to have a sensation. You have to do this. You have to be born into it. Amen. Don't let no one tell you the sanctification of the Holy Ghost is the same thing because it is not. Right. Certainly it is not. This is Nazarene back here hollering it is not. See? He knows there's a difference in it because it certainly is. Brother Caps, our gallant brother. See? Sure. Nazarene, there's nobody can say a word against them fine religious people. They're just as nice as they can be. Church of God, Nazarene, free Methodist, those people are real. But when it comes down to the works of the Spirit, they say, oh, that's the devil. And what do they do? They're blaspheme the Holy Ghost. When they do that, now what is blasphemy? There's no forgiveness. Is that right? He that once enlightened, made partakers and tasted of the heavenly gifts. Pertasted, tasted of God's sanctification, cleaned up from cigarettes and filthy women and all kinds of life like that, and tasted of the heavenly things. To see that they walk up to that borderline like those spies did and eat part of the grapes. But what they have to do, they have to break up their denomination to come over into this. See? Taste of the heavenly gifts. Seeing that they crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh and count the blood of the covenant wherewith they were sanctified. An unholy thing. Sanctification when your name goes on the book. As a believer. Your word, your name is wrote in His blood. Amen. See? Sanctification does that. And then come up when He's trusted you up to this far. And then come up and say, well, would He know it? Yes, He knowed it. He knowed you wouldn't do it in the beginning. He knowed Judas wouldn't do it. He knowed him from the beginning. He was a son of perdition. But them thing has to be fulfilled. See, the word has to be fulfilled. All those types and shadows. Oh my, we could stay on that for hours. Brother Bram, when you gave the message on the 70 church weeks, 70 weeks, pardon me, of Daniel, I believe that you mentioned that the full, the full last week or last seven years will begin when the bride was taken in the rapture. No, 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 no. You got that wrong. See? Not the full seven weeks. The, f- the week started when Jesus came on earth. He said, the Messiah, Prince, shall come and prophesy. And in the midst of the seven weeks, he'll be cut off. And Jesus preached exactly three and a half years, which is half of the 70 weeks. The seven days. Week, weekdays. See? And there's three and a half years left. Now, when... Moses and Elisha comes on earth, which is Revelations and Zechariah. Brother Coomer, your, your Sister Coomer's question there was the same. Now, when they, um, when uh, uh, Zechariah 4 and uh, Revelations 11, them two olive trees and so forth, which is Moses and Elijah, when they come on earth, they prophesy 1,264 days. What is it? Exactly three and a half years. That's exactly the same thing. Not, see, ever who this dear person is, very, very beautiful. Now, or, Wrote on paper with religious head right, uh, lines here and things. And it's very fine. And it's a very nice question. But see, you didn't get it just what I said. Never did I believe that the whole 70 weeks would be over here. Messiah's cut off. How many remembers that in preaching up here, sir? See, seven weeks. Since then, it seems like the first three and a half years was fulfilled during the ministry. Well, here, you got it right here. Full of, of Jesus. But the expression midst of the weeks seems to be applied only to the Antichrist breaking his covenant with the... No, the Antichrist breaks his covenant at the end of the last three and a half years, see. As I understood Daniel tape, the 
first 69 weeks ended when Jesus rode into Jerusalem, AD uh, uh, 30. So the three and a half years of his ministry would be included in the 69 weeks and the full last weeks and the full last week or seven years would still be fulfilled and would begin at the rapture. Please clarify this for me. You know, uh, brother, sister, ever who it is that's uh, asked this question, very fine, see. But I believe you got a little mixed up on what I said, see. Now, the when Jesus came into Jerusalem, that is exactly right. That was the end of, see, he went right straight in from there and was crucified, see. And he, he did prophesy half of the 70 weeks, which is three and a half. Now, he was cut off and his soul was made a sacrifice. And now... There would come then in this last days, this three and a half years still promised to the, the Jews. And the end doing his time was a gathering up of the saints for the rapture, the church. Now, I ain't going to get all these through, brother, brother. So would you please explain 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1 and 9. Mm, get it, brother Neville. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. Now, and... Um, Will every true believer do the works that Jesus said as stated in St. John fourteen twelve? Not exactly, no. Uh, uh, heal the sick, cast out devils, raise the dead. Uh, I don't think that's in St. John 14, but it's all right. It's Mark 16. Or, or, or is this only to be Elijah? Must a believer do all that of this? Do really, uh, really believe. And if he really is a real believer, will he raise the dead and do great miracles? Now, that is among the believers. See, every man doesn't have those gifts. And it don't mean that just one person will do it. There'll be groups of people. Like, for instance, um, what if, um, if we had a little girl here in the church or a little boy or somebody that we love real well and life would go out of them. The whole church should get together. And they go to pray and fasting. Lord, have mercy on that child. See? God could raise it up. How many ever read the Nicaea Fathers and them? You know, that's the way they did it in the early church. They'd all get together, you know, and even raise up their pastors sometime and different ones like that, if God seemed fit to do it. But they did it. If uh, the church is saved, even though she does not go in the rapture, as I believe you taught, she must go through the tribulation. For purifying. But what about these that are dead? How will they be purified? All right? Those that have... that The bride don't need no purification. She's already purified. And those that are, are, are dead back there, these that go through... See, they never received the light that these church up here has received. They lived under their justification, sanctification, so forth like that. They lived to the light that they had, maybe in a, in a way that they suffered and whatever they went through with in their persecution. But now in this rapture time like this, see, there will have to come a time now that this bride will, that rejects the head's part of the bride will have to suffer for her rejection because the gospel wasn't made plain to them back there like it's made plain to you today. See, you see it so plain. You've done had all those years and examples of seals open, churches aids laid out and everything like that. It's just so plain you can't miss it, see. And then if you fully reject it, there's only one thing to do, suffer for it. Did you get that, Brother Neville? What does it pertain to? I just, I'll bet, bet, better go now because it's getting too late to see them. Uh, seven, seven, uh, nine. 
Let's see. But if they cannot contain, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to burn. All right. That's for just dirty living. Instead of a man, a boy, a girl, or something other, when they're uh, going together and, and they know that they should be married, um, go ahead and get married. I think you'd, you'd understand what I mean, don't you? See, don't just live a dirty little life there because it's not right. You see, that's your sister in one sense. Whether you're a Christian or not, if it's the world, it's the world. Dog eat dog. But this girl that you're going with, that's your sister too. That will be the mother of your, your children that will come. Don't live a dirty little life around her. Show that you're a real Christian gentleman. Live like a Christian gentleman ought to. See, and uh, treat her like your sister. And when you get married, still treat her that way. I might answer this right now. I don't believe in filthy living amongst Pentecostal people, holiness people, even if they're married. I don't believe in that. Oh, sir, some of this dirty stuff that is uh, horrible. I get in here sometime on these, uh, not this morning now. No, I ain't saying that. But I mean, on times I, and out in California and different places like that, I meet ministers out there where on the discernment, I feel like I could turn them over my knee and give them a little... Uh, gospel protoplasma stimulation. <laughs> yes, sir. My, to see a man that would try to take his little wife and dirty, filthy... That's a... You understand what I mean. I think you ought to be ashamed of yourself as a man of God. You just be a husband. Be a sweetheart. Respect her like you always respect her. Don't pay attention to these some non-sexy books and these nonsense and these sexy books and things that you read about and all this stuff and everything like that. Get that filthy stuff out of your mind. The Bible said not let one dirty conversation come among you when you profess only. Treat that little lady like she's your little sweetheart. If she's 60 years old, you'd be just the same. You'd be that gallant boyfriend. Remember, you are. You don't try none of these new things and I know who I'm talking. You just be a husband, a genuine brother, a genuine Christian. I know that sounds, but you're my kids. I got a right to say what I want to to you, see. You're my kids. You live right. You women live the right way to your husband. You husbands live the right way to you, to, to, to your wives. Be real, real nice and respect one another and your, your family relations and so forth like that. Let it be just as reverently and godly and agreed among you and everything as it can be. Don't never push and shove and, and be dirty and vulgar. Understand, talk to your wife. If one nature is to you and another nature to her, talk it with her. You, you try to do the same thing to him, sister, in the same way. Understand one another and be, be real Christian gentlemen and real Christian ladies and brother and sister with one another. Always remember you're God's children and you're from a royal family. You're a royal blood. There's no better blood in the world than yours. And that's right. And a royal blood shows itself. That's what it is. It's royal. Oh, I believe that's amen. amen. Yes, sir. Show what you are. I'm a, I'm the, I'm a son of a king. I'm the son of the king. My wife's the daughter of a king. How would I treat that king's daughter? How would she treat that king's son? <laughs> See what I mean? Be real genuine. Will there be a move of the Holy Spirit, signs and wonders and miracles done by the bride before she goes away? Are we just waiting for His appearing? I'm going to have to close on that one, I guess, because I just got too much here to get to it. It's getting real late. It's 20 minutes until 1 now. And I got about 30 or 40 of them maybe here, maybe. I'll answer this the best of my time. I'll just take the next three minutes. 
I'll get these when I can. See, I don't know when I can get them. I'll do the best I can. Do you enjoy them? Amen. Uh, it helps me too. See, you come here and grab them like this before you even look into them. You see, you get some things you can't answer. And, and I, I hope I pick up. I know there's one here about serpent seed. I want to get it so bad I want to explain it. See, but I guess I just missed it. So I just have, maybe the Lord don't want it done that way. But uh, it was on the serpent seed. Unless somebody on that tape would go to say, uh, uh, well, he, he bypassed that. How many will suffer two more minutes for it? Yeah. All right. Uh, wait, let me get this one first. Let's see. Will the, the no... This question here is this. Will there be uh, uh, miracles done by the bride? Yes, sir, it's being done right now. That's right. See? But don't look for something that great or bring heavens and close the heavens that rain not. That goes into the, the Jews now. See, that doesn't pertain to this at all. That's Moses and Elijah to the Jews, not to this church at all. Read the first three chapters of Revelations. You get what the church is right there. That's all to the church. And when she comes back with the bride, when she comes back, read. If you want to know about the church, what pertains to it, read Revelations, the first three chapters, and then go over to the 19th chapter and start reading from there. If you get the bride. The rest of it is in the Jews there. Now, to the serpent seed. I can't find it in here because you see it's just a great pile of them. But the person said, if the serpent, if the serpent seed, see, the woman, she... Uh, she got a son from the Lord. She said so. Well, I believe last Sunday I explained how she got it from the Lord. If she got it at all, she got it from the Lord. See? Because it had to come from the Lord because God's law has it'll, it'll obey God. Exactly. He ordained that the sun should shine and the sun shines. He ordains that the rain shall fall upon the just and the unjust. It does it. And seeds planted in any field where they're good or bad will come up. It's a seed. And if a seed's planted regardless, and the only way this serpent could plant the seed, he was the only animal next to the human being. For in the evolution of mankind, when man, God brewed up on the earth, and he began to bring up birds, and then from birds he come to different things, then Japanzee, and from the Japanzee to the serpent. Now, he changed that serpent in such a way that had to be done that would confuse this generation who's trying to find a bone that looks like some kind of an animal that was part man and part animal, to say there's where man, they've lost it from the Japanzee. Only the Japanzee doesn't have an intelligence. The Japanzee has not a soul. He cannot think. He just has, he, he can, it's a, a noise and he can horse, gee haw or something like that. A dog, come here, Fido, do a trick, jump over and set in blocks and things like that. They do that by emotion, by hearing and things like that and action. But to think and to understand, they can't. They don't know they're naked. They don't know the male, female, the difference like that. They have no laws of such. They can't do it. The human being is the only one. And the next one to the human being was the serpent. The Bible said he is the most subtle of all the beasts of the field. Smarter. He, he, he almost had a soul. He had a place for a soul. But what did he do? He sold out to Satan to deceive God. Try to. How many gets it now that far? Amen. Satan, the serpent, almost had a soul. God knows they'd look for those bones, and there's not a bone in a snake that looks like a man. He was, that's a curse of him. He stood up on his feet. It's like a man. Notice. Then that seed, which was next to the human seed, Satan himself, the spirit, knew that that was the only seed that would pregnate the woman. Because the Japanese won't do it. They mix it and everything else, it won't do it. But he knew that the germ of life that was in the Japanese would not come to the field of the woman egg. But he knew the serpent seed would do it. So he dealt with the serpent. 
And Adam had never knew that this act could be done. See, she was made a female, certainly. She would have come to it later. But you see, the sovereignty of God to display himself as Savior and, and so forth, as I've explained many times. But Satan knew this. For he come to her in the form of this serpent, which was the beast, and uh, a beast, and came to her, and she was pregnated by Satan first. And if you'll notice, there was only two acts done, and there was three children born. Search the scripture. She gave birth to twins. One of them was certain seed. The other one was able. She enticed her husband and told, see, then she showed her husband what it was. And then he lived with her also. And she bore this child. And I want you to show she was pregnant with twins by two days. She's a that's virgin woman. They're seed, they're strong. Like, look here. Abraham uh, married uh, uh, his own sister. Well, if a man and Mary's sister today, his children be idiots. See? But the human... And here, Jake, uh, uh, Isaac married Rebecca, which was his own cousin. Own blood cousin at that. Blood relation. See? Abraham's brother's child. Notice. Notice now on this. See? The human race was so strong. Now, if you notice, it's always been twins all along. There was... Cain and Abel were twins. And Esau and Jacob were twins. Jesus and Judas come out of the same tribe and in the same church. And the, even the Holy Spirit and the Antichrist is to be twins. So close that would deceive the very elected if possible. Have you got it? Yeah. All right. Now to prove this, I want you to take Jude, the, I believe the 17th verse or the 14th verse of Jude, and say, now, now notice this, I'll, I'll close. Notice, to cut the whole thing off to make it right, first place, he said, I'll put enmity between your seed and the serpent seed. Amen. See? Now she doesn't have a seed. Amen. Therefore, how she got this seed was Satan's seed. Cain was Satan's son. She had no seed, so she received it through sexual intercourse. And when she did it, it was given to her by God's enemy. And then when God gave her seed, it had no sex at all into it. You get? The bond woman and her child cast out because it won't be heir with the free woman and her child. And notice, then she was given a seed, which was Christ. Neither her egg now, the Protestant wants to believe that it was a virgin-born uh, hemoglobin that was the created blood of God where the germ lays, but said it was her egg. No, sir. That egg cannot come down through that tube into the womb unless there be a sensation. Then you put God with a, a spirit having sexual intercourse with a woman. How can it be done? It was a created matter of God altogether, both egg and germ. And he was the son of God. Not the son of Mary, for he never did call her mother. Amen. Woman, he called her. Amen. Never mother. She wasn't his mother. Right. He was the son of God. Amen. God is one. Amen. Get it? Amen. Now, another thing to prove this and nail it down, where if anybody ever fusses with you, go back here in the book of Jude. I think it's the 17th verse, the 14th or 17th verse. He said, Now, Enoch. You want me to read it? Have you got that much time? 
Let us, and then I'll get out of no cause. The tape here is going on, and, and we, we might get it mixed up in, in this now. Let me see if this is a, a 14th verse. Enoch also the seventh from Adam prophesied of these things, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with him ten thousands of his saints. Now, go back unto the fifth chapter, I think it is, of Genesis. And then go also over into the book of Luke. Wish I could find it. I wrote it all down here. If I could find it in here. And you'll find out that in the genealogies, nowhere in the Bible, if, look, if Noah, if Enoch is the seventh from Adam, the Bible said, Adam, and then his son saith. Because Cain was not Adam's seed. It said, Adam begot Seth, and Seth begot Jared, Jared begot all the way down to Enoch, and Enoch was the seventh from Adam. Nowhere did it ever speak that Cain was ever considered to be anything in the genealogies of God. I just couldn't find out if it's so or not. Search it out. And Luke comes over and names it right back again and puts down from Adam... Not one time is Cain ever mentioned in the whole thing. And if Enoch, see, was the seventh from Adam, where did Cain come in? Because the Bible said that in the genealogies that Adam begot his son, Seth. And Seth begot Jared, and Jared begot so and so on down. And not one time was Cain ever mentioned. Then he could not be the son of Adam. So he had to be the son of the serpent, and he couldn't be a son without intercourse. Amen. If he wasn't his virgin born, then he'd be the son of God. I want him to get out of that one time. Now, the same God that revealed that is the same God that told me about your marriage and divorce. When he says those things, my brother, sister, I'm your brother, a man. But when he says that and that strikes down in here, I can't explain it to you. And don't need me trying to do it because I couldn't. But it's never one time been wrong. Although I couldn't see it myself at all, I couldn't see it, but I just hold on to it. And then he begins to reveal it. Then I just, it just floors me. <laughs> there it was right there, and I didn't see it. Your, your education is bypassed, and your reasons are bypassed, and everything else. So was Cain bypassed. Now, if we had time to go back here into Genesis... And begin to read. Let's see if I could just pick it up. If I'm back here, I don't know for sure whether I could or not. Miss Woods, do you remember when I was showing you that the other day? Just what was that? The fifth chapter. The fifth. Uh-huh. All right. This is a book of the generations of Adam in the days that God created man in the likeness of God created him. Male and female created he them. And blessed them and called their name Adam in the day that they were created. And Adam lived a hundred year and thirty years and begot sons and uh, begot, uh, begot a son in his own likeness and, and after his own image. And he called his name Cain. <laughs> what did he call his name? Where, where is that firstborn who had the birthright then? Never even mentioned him. Seth was his son. Now we come over here again and we find where that said, and I, Eve was given a son 
Because Cain killed Abel. Now notice, as we go on, Adam and days created, and Adam lived a hundred and thirty years, lived a hundred and thirty years, and begot a son, begot a son in his own likeness after his image, and called his name Seth. And uh, and the days of Adam after he begot Seth were eight hundred and uh, years, and he begot sons and daughters. And all the days of Adam lived were nine hundred and and thirty uh, and years, and he died. And Seth lived and uh, a hundred and five years, and begot Enos, and on down to it goes on down, and he is the seventh. Enoch is the seventh from Adam. Now I don't remember just where in Luke. Have you got that mark too, there, Miss Woods? She and I—I I was showing it to her the other day over. Uh, what say? I believe you're right. Sister Woods, we marked it down there in her book where we was in her Bible where I was showing. Here it is. Yeah, the genealogist. All right. Now, if we notice here, uh, on the third chapter of Luke, we get the same thing: which sons and so forth, and Noah, which were Lamech, which also sons of Methuselah, which also the son of Enos, which was the son of Jared, which was the son of Mali. Mali which was the son of Cana, which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. Where did Cain come in? Where's Cain at the firstborn? <laughs> the birthrights to him. Where did he come from? Is a Satan seed and not God's. wasn't Adam's either. Because Adam's son's name was, was Seth. Cain, the serpent seed, slew his first son, which was a type and shadow of the serpent also slaying his other son, Jesus, and Seth took his place in the genealogy, which meant the resurrection, that the genealogies of God would completely be carried on. Amen. I want to see somebody put him in there now and say it wasn't the serpent seed. It wasn't recognized in the genealogies of God's, or neither in the genealogies of the human race, the genealogies of Adam. Any of the rest of them. Is that right? How many believes to say amen? amen. Sure. He was not. He was the serpent's seed and not Adam's seed. She said that was Adam's son. It was not Adam's son. She said, I got it from God. If she had to, it was a seed. It was a seed, but it was serpent's seed. See? And he had to come back a virgin then in order to clear up that sexual act that had been done. Adam was put here on earth, but he had, he had never found out that he was to be a father. You understand what I mean? Satan, knowing this, he got to Eve before Adam got there. And there's where the whole thing lays today. And brother, that's what makes marriage and divorce and everything else such a scrumble as it is today. It's most pathetic. See? But I, God has made a way for which we're thankful. Do you love him? Amen. Isn't he wonderful? Now, is the serpent seed right? I thought maybe somebody on the tape might think I was afraid to attack this, you see. So I say, well, he bypassed it twice. He's just afraid to take a hold of it. We're not of that as long as the Lord's there. <laughs> That's all right. You know what? I said that eagle that time I watched feeling his wings, you know. And I thought, aren't you afraid of me? I had my gun sitting there. I said, I could shoot you. <laughs> you know what? I couldn't shoot him. <laughs> I was too far from that gun. I said, are you afraid? He just walled his big eyes and looked at me. And a little chipmunk sitting there going, cha 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 I'll tear you to pieces, tear you to pieces. He wasn't paying attention to that chipmunk, but he got tired of listening at him. So after a while, he just made one big flop, went out like that, and just set his wings. 
And he knowed how to maneuver those wings as flew from on out of sight. See, I just seen this become a little bitty thing like that, just a little speck. Brother Fred, I believe I showed you. I spotted Brother Fred back there now. He's hollered amen a while ago. I, uh, I believe I've showed you that spot up there. And Brother Woods, wherever you are, way up in the mountains up there, where that taken place. I've seen that eagle. His force down in that storm. And I was standing behind this tree. He's hunting elk. And long little later in this, in October, snows and things. This brother here was up there last fall with his brother John and them. Right up on top of Corral Peaks. Where is that? I stood there and I stood behind this tree. And snow a little bit and rain a little bit. And I was just standing there. That eagle standing there. And he got forced down. He flew up on there. Great big monster looking fellow. Big brown eagle. Sat up there and looked around. I thought... Well, I was, I was having a, a real good time. I was screaming, praise the Lord, hallelujah, round, around, around the bush. I was going, shouting like that. I looked down there, I could hear that old coyote hollering. You know how they get the hollering last year down there when his four start raining, they start hollering, it's a little wolf, you know. I just love to hear him. Then I could hear the elk way over here, that wee-hoo, eagle, and way over here, the mate answer him. Next week, week after next, I'll be hunting him, the Lord willing. So then, hearing that over there, oh, it's just so godly to be up there. Oh, I, I just, that's, that's my cathedral up there, where I talk to him and come down here and talk to you, see. And up in there, oh, it's so wonderful, just relaxing. Just standing there, I thought, oh, God. And looking at the rain come out, and the evergreens just froze over, and a rainbow swept across that, from a crowd peak, come over to Sheep Mountain, over that way, across that way. And I thought, oh, God, look at there. Mm, I thought, there you are, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Here it comes down and here there. You're the same yesterday, today, and for the seven church ages, the seven golden candlestick. There you are. God, how wonderful you are. And I was just a shout, and I set my gun down. I went around the tree hollering, Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Round and around the tree like that. I was just having a big time up there by myself. It's the Lord and I, you know. And after a while, that eagle come up out of that bunch of brush and just looked at me. I thought, well, you don't like that? I said, oh boy, I'm worshiping the same God that made you. And he just bat his great big gray looking eyes and looked around at me. And me hollering like that, a little old pine squirrel, anybody ever hunting the mountains, he's, he's the policeman of the woods. And he jumped up on there, little old fellow, not big enough to do nothing. But oh, what a noise. <laughs> he jumped up on there, jumped up down, you know, yeah, 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 he's carrying on like that. And an eagle was watching him. He looked over at me. I thought, my Lord, well, why'd you stop me on something like that? See? I said, because, you know, uh, I was worshiping you. You want me to see something on that eagle? I said, I'll stir him. Is it on the pine squirrel? I stood there and watched him. I thought, I'll study him just a little bit. I said, one thing I noticed him, he wasn't afraid. I like that. Not afraid. Stood there, that great big bird. I said, you know what? My gun was setting up against the tree. I said, you know what? I could shoot you. <laughs> he knew better than that. He knew one thing. I wouldn't do it. I admired him too much. See, there I was standing there, not a bit afraid. And I thought, I could shoot you. I'd see him look around at me like that, and he kept making his wings, you know, go back. You know how they do like that, their wings, you know. Like great big wings about this long, you know, and he's a big fella. He's sitting there, and I looked at him. That's way before I knew these things. This is years and years ago, maybe 20 years ago. And I watched him. After a while, I see him. I thought, what's he? What's he? He's not afraid, so I admire that. But what's so godly about that old eagle? Seen that great big hook bill come out like that and them big eyes. I thought, boy, he's a real bird. Now, nobody, a hawk, if he'd try to follow him, he'd disintegrate. <laughs> There's nothing in following. No, no. <laughs> It'd take an airplane to do it. <laughs> yes, sir, no bird can follow him. <laughs> so he goes so high, and then he's got eyes he can see right down the ground, too, as he's up there. See, well, uh, Jehovah likened his prophets to eagles. You see, he'd lift them up like that. They had to be special made. Let's see predestinated, born for that purpose, see, be lifted up like that. And then you, what's good, good enough up there if you can't see where you're at? 
See? What's use getting up there if you don't know what you're doing? See? See? What's use jumping up and down, shouting, speaking in tongues if you don't know what it's all about? See? You got to understand while you're there. See? So then I watched him, you know, as he moved around there. I kept, I just admired him. He's such a beautiful bird. And yet he'd probably eat some of my deer meat and stuff. But I'm, I watched him. And after a while, I thought, you know, what, what's he? After a while, he got tired. I don't think he got tired of looking at me. But I think he got tired listening to that little old chipmunk sitting over there. You know, we got so many of them in the camp today. You know, cha days of miracles just passed. Don't just think it's divine healing. You don't have these things no more. <laughs> little old earthbound chipmunk. <laughs> That's sitting up on that stump. You got the wrong... Where's that? See? Sitting there, just chattering up and down. Oh, he's just vibrating and shaking so hard. He got tired of listening at it. <laughs> and he just made one great big jump and just shook that limb where he's sitting on like that. The limb shook like that and he went right out through, flopped his wings and just parted through that timber there. And when he did, I noticed him. See? He wasn't afraid because he could feel the presence of his God-given wings. He knew them wings could pack him away from any kind of danger. See? And so that's the way we want to feel. This is the Word. And the one who wrote the Word is my wings. I'm not afraid of the Word. It'll pack you right through any kind of trouble there is. It's a sword. It'll cut its way right straight through. Don't you never worry about it. I noticed him, man. He didn't flop. He just set his wings. And that every time the wind would come in, he'd just raise up. Get up. But higher and higher. I stood there and folded my arms and looked at him until he was just a little spot I could hardly see anymore. And I thought, God, that's it. It's not run, join this and run, join that and do this, that, or the other. It's just setting your wings. See, knowing how to set your wings of faith into the Word of God and sail away from all this nonsense of chatter, chatter here and chatter, chatter there. Yeah, heavens and earth will pass away, but my word shall never fail. Now, I've got about 20 of you again this afternoon. Now, you just own uh, this interviews for this afternoon while you see Billy, because I think they're going to try to start just a little early for me to get them all in. If I can, I won't get every one of them. It's possible that I can get. And um, I did this not because Billy didn't know this, see, but my mind was so wound up after about 20 visions in there this morning, you see, till it, or ever what it was, it just kind of gets you in it. And uh, Billy said, why don't you go out and take a little uh, relax, go out and Answer some of them questions there. And I said, Brother Neville's got his message. said, I'll go tell him. He went around. Brother Neville said, come on. So then I raised up and come out here. And some of them's waiting for this afternoon. Sorry to keep you here at 1 o'clock. But I'll be, guess I'll have to leave day after tomorrow. So to go on back to Arizona again. Remember the Lord willing, next time I come back, I want to preach on to you about, show you in the scripture, the correctness of marriage and divorce. And I... And then just let it lay it out just the way it really is, and then you'll see it from then on. So until that time, be of a good courage. The Lord bless you real richly. Can we stand? Praise the Lord. I love
You love him? Now, let's shake hands one while we sing again. I love him because he loves me and purchased my sound. Billy wanted me to announce that after the benediction, he's got a word to say to you people here. It wants some private interviews, you see. He wants to meet you just in a few minutes. But I feel right now, just a moment of worship. Don't you love to worship him in the spirit? And just my Isn't it wonderful? Oh, I, I love him. In my heart, I love him. If I know my heart, I believe you do too. So together, we are his children. We love one another. Now, I cannot love him without loving you. And if I say that I love him and don't love you, the Bible said I'm a liar. See? And if, I, if, you, want to, if you want to love me or love my family... The choice was which I want you to do, love me or love my family. You love my family. I'd rather you love Billy Paul than love me. If you come to that kind of a showdown, I'd rather you do it. I want you to listen to me because Billy's not a minister. But I want you to listen to me what I tell you. But if you want to love somebody, really love them, you say, I want to either love you or Billy. You love Billy. See, God feels the same way about us. And we cannot, then I know you can't love Billy without loving me. Because he's part of me, see. So I can't love God without loving you because you're part of God. And we love one another. Oh, I think it's so wonderful. Don't you think songs or something's pretty after we have these answering these things where it puts us in a twist? Mm. Mm. Oh, so real. I love him. I love him. Be. Just my son.